This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, what's up? My Take Radio episode 66 for Thursday, November 18th, 2010. The intro music you just heard was Street Fighter 2, Frets of Fury, and the artist was Vertex Guy. You can download that and any of the other intro music at ocremix.org. The letter O, the letter C, remix.org. The call in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call in number 347 324 Three five four one. All right, let's get some housekeeping out of the way first. Uh, my guest this evening is going to be Josh from MMA Valor. We're going to be talking UFC 123. We're also going to talk about some of the other stuff going on in MMA this week. And, of course, we're going to have your UFC 123 fight picks. In addition to that, I will be joined by Alan Wang from Raptor.com. It is the messaging and social networking uh, messenger service that's put out that combines your Xbox Live um, AIM, Yahoo, PS3, all in one neat little account. You get all your stuff there. You can track all your friends. So he'll be coming, he'll be coming through probably around 1130, and we'll be talking about their service and also some video game stuff as well. Of course, if you've been to My Take Radio recently, you know that we are currently running the Splatterhouse contest. The t-shirt contest is up and running. I've already gotten Two entries so far. Uh, basically, rules are simple. Take the MyTake Radio logo, Splatterhouse logo, characters, whatever you want, any of the MyTake Radio logos, Photoshop them, draw them on yourself, uh, take a picture with them. It doesn't matter. But the uh, most creative and original uses for both the logos or the Splatterhouse characters and the MyTake Radio logo will get a T-shirt. You can enter at MyTakeRadio.com and, of course, send your entries to me via email uh, mtrhost at gmail.com, and you'll be able to send those entries in until December 9th, and I will uh, announce the winner the following week live on that week's episode of My Take Radio. In addition to that, of course, stop by the My Take Radio forums. Lots of great conversation in there from fellow show listeners and fans alike, of course. You can check that out. It's mytakeradio.com slash forums. If you are an Apple iPad or iPhone user, or even iPod Touch for that matter, you can get the MyTake Radio app. It's on the Apple Store. Just punch in MyTake Radio. You'll be able to get access to all the exclusive content that's going to be going on there in the coming weeks. You'll also get wallpapers as well as every episode of MyTake Radio from Episode 1 conveniently in the palm of your hand. In addition to that, of course, our Facebook fan page. It's facebook.com slash radio. We are well past 475 fans. Uh, of course, 500 is a nice, even number that we'd like to hit. So if you haven't become a fan, stop by the Facebook fan page. It's facebook.com slash mytakeradio, altogether one word. Um, that's pretty much it. 
And of course, if you haven't been by MyTakeRadio.com, you're missing out on great articles from Ant, um, some movie trailers that I put up, including the Green Lantern movie trailer, which I actually think is pretty badass, and I'll discuss that later in the broadcast. And of course, Ant, check out Ant's articles on the Walking Dead episodes that are going up every week after the Walking Dead episodes air. Uh, right now, his article is about this past week's season, uh, episode three. Um, of course, The Walking Dead is a six-episode season, which, of course, has a lot of people upset. And it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes a less is more in this, in this case. Not only that, it really does build a buzz, but definitely check out his articles as well. And with that said, let's talk a little MMA first to get things started. Um, first thing is, Tito Ortiz, of course, came off that very disappointing decision loss with Matt Hamill. Um, he will be scheduled, allegedly, because this hasn't been fully confirmed yet, to be facing Little Nog, Antonio Rogerio Nogueira, possibly for the UFC 128 event in March of 2011. UFC 128 is rumored to take place in Abu Dhabi. First off, I think that the possibility of Tito in this fight with Nogueira is not so much a fight that Tito can't win. It's just a fight where Tito is really set up to, to get his ass whooped. I, you know, it, it, it's shitty to say I like Tito. Tito's great. And um, I don't know. I think it, it just it just seems like a real setup in terms of where Dana White has actually gone on record already as saying that if Tito loses his next fight, he'll probably be gone from the UFC. I mean, Tito Ortiz is 14-8 and eight in the UFC right now, and he's fighting Noguera, who's 19-4. and four. Noguera's 2-1 and one in the UFC. It, it's such a recipe for Tito to get his ass whooped, but it, MMA, that's one thing I enjoy. Anything can happen, and we might see a different Tito coming in there, but um, a fight against Little Nog is definitely, it's, it's fucking, it's a problem. It really is a fucking problem. I think that, above all, Tito needs to definitely not go in there tentative. I think that his fight against Hamill, he was, he was hungry, but for some reason he still seemed, it might have been a little bit of ring rust, a little bit of cage rust, so to speak, but I think that Tito um, against Noguera, I, I feel he was kind of set up to fail. His, his fight against Hamill... Hamill beat Tito with his own game with the, with the ground and pound. Uh, he had better wrestling than Tito. Hamill looked really good. I just feel that if Tito loses, which, again, you know, my heart of hearts tells me he is, but if he does lose, I really would like to see Tito go into coaching um, and, and retire. I mean, you know, he, he doesn't have anything else to prove. I, if he's that out of, out of touch, so to speak, with getting into title contention, I think that above all else, he should, you know, he's a, he's a fantastic coach. His work on The Ultimate Fighter was great, and it would be a shame to see him go, but you know what? He has so much knowledge that I think Tito definitely has a gift for teaching. So we'll see how it pans out come March 2011. Um, of course, a couple of other things I want to go over. UFC 125, of course, is slowly starting to come together. Um, of course, UFC 125 is going to be huge for a couple of reasons. Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard for the lightweight title. You've got Jose Aldo versus Josh Grisby for the featherweight title. Takanori Gomi's fighting Clay Guida. Nate Diaz is fighting Dong Young Kim. 
Chris Lieben and Brian Stanner on that card, and a couple of preliminary fights are starting to come together, Thiago Silva and Brandon Vera, uh, Marcus Davis and Jeremy Stevens, which I'm really excited to see, Daniel Roberts and Greg Soto, Antonio McKee and Jacob Volkman, and some rumored fights that haven't been confirmed as of yet, um, Mike Brown and Diego Nunez, which I believe was confirmed, actually, so don't... Don't don't quote me on it, but I think it was. Cole Miller and Matt Wyman and Phil Baroni versus Brad Tavares. UFC 125 is going to be sick. It's going to be January 1st, MGM Grand in Vegas. I think above all else, this is a great coming out party for Jose Aldo in the UFC. Um, people are going to get to see some of the great action from some of the WEC fighters, especially at featherweight. Um, it, it's It's going to be great. I think UFC... The only thing that concerns me, and, and some people have been kind of 50-50, is the fact that, um, you know, it, it's, it's the day after, you know, it's January 1st, motherfuckers are going to be drunk, hungover, and th- there's uh, worries about it doing a shitty buy rate. Um, I don't know how, how New Year's works in Vegas, but January 1st is definitely a date where, you know, people got to keep... Uh, you know, they got to keep that in mind. You know, they're going to wake up fucking hungover to go see this fight, but Nonetheless, it's a solid card. If you've never seen Jose Aldo fight in the WEC, you are really missing some some really awesome fighting from the featherweight division. So definitely, that's one of the many reasons why I can recommend that for sure. I believe if I'm correct, uh, Josh is going to be joining me probably at 11.15 or so, and we'll go over the UFC 123 card with our fight picks, and we'll discuss some of the other news as well. Um, UFC also confirmed the fight for the troops, which is going to be UFC Fight Night 23. Um, That's going to be taking place uh, January 22nd at Fort Hood in Texas. Uh, Some of the fights on that card, Evan Dunham versus Kenny Florian, which I really am looking forward to seeing. Tim Haig versus Matt Mitrione. you got Mark Hominick and George Roop. Eve Edwards and Melvin Gillard, and David Mitchell versus Mike Swick. On the preliminary card, you got Mike Guyman versus Demarcus Johnson, um, Amilcar Alves versus Charlie, Bre- Charlie Brenneman, excuse me, Pat Barry versus Joey Beltran, which I really am looking forward to seeing, uh, Willamy Ferre versus Waylon Lowe, and uh, the Korean Zombie, or the fighter formerly known as the Korean Zombie, uh, Chan Sung Jung, he's going to be fighting Ronnie Yaya. I honestly hope that... I really would have liked to see, I mean, I know that they have to keep the card kind of short, but I, that Mike Guyman, Demarcus Johnson fight, I really would have loved to see. Uh, the Pat Barry and Joey Beltran, that, that shit needs to be televised. And the uh, Chang Sun Young and uh, Ronnie Yaya for sure. Definitely three fights that, that should be on television, hands down, just because, especially the Mike Guyman and Demarcus Johnson, I have, I have a feeling that that's going to be one of those fights that's just going to go under the radar and it's going to be explosive. There's going to be great stand-up uh, from both guys. Pat Barry and Joey Beltran. Pat Barry's a beast. I like him. He's a, he's a fucking kick-ass dude. Joey Beltran's no slouch, but, but Pat Barry's a beast. And, of course, the Korean Zombie coming off that KO that uh, he got served with from George Roops, I definitely want to see how he's going to come back. I mean, he's, he's dropped the Korean Zombie. He's dropped the Zombie moniker. He's focused. He wants to go in there. He's, he said he's worked on his fighting style, and he wants to go in there and really make an impact. So definitely looking forward to seeing that. Um, Five Ounces of Pain reported earlier, earlier today that uh, Goran Reljic uh, was released following his UFC 122 loss to Kristoff. Um, of course, 
um, oh, excuse me, Goran, of course, was a, uh, a protege of one uh, Crow Cop, and people were expecting big things. He he was one in three, the, you know, three strikes, you're out. Um, but his performance against Kristoff, those two guys had a fucking had a fucking beating between them. I really uh, I like Kristoff. I I see him slowly. To, to trudging his way along, so to speak, through the division, and I see big things for this guy. This guy, is, he likes doing brawls, just long, exciting brawls, which I, which I enjoy. I mean, his two fights with Stefan Bonner are fantastic. Those are fucking favorites in my book, just because I knew that they were going to, that their first fight was just going to be the same thing that you got from Bonner and Griffin, and their second go-around was much of the same, so I really enjoyed that. Um course, leading up to every UFC event, of course, there's a couple of great comments from Dana White, which we can always expect. Um, one of the things that he was asked about was about Rampage Jackson's full-time return to MMA. Um, there are a couple of highlights from that. Um, one of the things he asked was about Rampage making money and, you know, whether the movies hindered his training. When asked about the money situation, Dana White said, the, rea- the reality is that this is where Rampage makes his money. The money isn't in the movie business unless you're George Clooney. I think he's taking this seriously now. When asked about whether the doing movie press hurt his last training for the Rashad Evans fight, he said, how could it not affect you traveling that much and doing all the stuff he had to do for that movie, White, asked, White said. Doing that stuff is hard. You train for the fight, then you have to go out and do all the media. Answer the same questions over and over again. A movie is ten times that. He has to travel all over the world promoting that movie. Got to give him that. When asked about how Rampage looked for this fight, he said he looked good. The weigh-ins are tomorrow. He looks really lean. He's in great shape. He didn't really talk much. He's pretty focused. When asked about Rampage's skill set, Dana White went on to say that he can knock you out with either hand. His takedowns are great. He can ground and pound you. As long as he's focused on fighting and in his training camp, Rampage is nasty. Can't, can't, definitely can't dispute that. I mean, Rampage, in, his, in, his, in one of his many interviews that he's given recently, said that he... He knew he was going to lose that fight with Rashad Evans two weeks out uh, for, a mul- for a number of reasons. He just, he just didn't feel he was ready for that fight, but he didn't want to disappoint the fans, and he felt that, you know, which in a way I can kind of understand, but on the same token, it's like, why are you going to go defeating yourself from the onset? What if he would have gone in there and beat Rashad? Then what? I mean, psychologically, every, every fighter, every athlete – has a different thought process, but I honestly think that when he was doing that much press for the movie and promoting the A-team and then coming in and taking the fight, he must have, there, there definitely is going to be that thought in the back of your head that you know is just not going to go well. I mean, above all else, you're going to see, you're going to see changes in your thinking. You're going to be like, oh man, you know, I didn't really train as hard. I didn't really do what I had to do. And it caught up with him. It was unfortunate. Um... Let me check my switchboard, which is frozen, and I think that's Josh on the line. Let's see. Josh, is that you? Uh, that would be me. Hey, dude, what's going on? Not much, man. How about yourself? Hanging in there, bro. Thanks for thanks for joining me. No, thanks for having me. For, for those of you that are just tuning in, Josh runs... MMAValor.com. He is also a content partner with My Take Radio. Some of the recent MMA articles you've been seeing have been written by him, uh, covering The Ultimate Fighter, 
some of the upcoming fights, including uh, a really nice article that I wanted to talk to him about regarding Nate Marquardt, and I actually wanted to talk about UFC 122. So you know what? Let's start with that. Um, what do you think of UFC 122 as a whole? Um, you know, being that it was free, um, I, I really don't feel like uh, anybody should really complain too much. Um, okay. I mean, there, there was some entertaining fights. I mean, there was also some boring fights, but, I mean, it's better to happen on a, on a free card than a pay-per-view card. Well, you know, that's one thing a lot of people were telling me, and they were like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, the fights don't really get my attention, and I, and I had to tell them, like, look, man, it's MMA for free. The, yeah. people, pay 45, people pay 45 and 50 bucks for this on the regular. You're getting it for free. Not only that, if you're recently being introduced to the sport, catch a free fight. You might like it just based off of that, and you might even start introducing yourself to, to fighters you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. I Definitely. think one I mean, of the things... It, okay, man. No, the good thing about the free cards is they, they usually stack them with, you know, either young up-and-comers or, you know, like this card had a ton of people from the Ultimate Fighters, you know, reality show. So, uh, I mean, unfortunately, people just love the bitch. It's just the nature of the beast. Which is unfortunate. It's like you, you give them the good fights, they bitch. You give them the free fights, they bitch. It's it, it, right. it's a vicious cycle. One of the things though that that came to my attention, and and that was what I was saying with with uh, with Relgic getting uh, cut, was Kristoff coming in there and really really doing doing a fucking awesome job, man. He came in there. He really likes having those slugfests, man. Yeah, he does. You know, I mean, his two fights with Bonner, I mean, those were slugfests and. I mean, he's 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 just a little, you know, he's a beast. He's an animal, you know. He he likes to get in there and and you know get bloody and and he takes it to you know every fight he does is entertaining, whether he loses or wins, and 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 that's what the UFC, you know, they love. Yeah, he, he's definitely one of those guys that has a, that has a long career, win or lose, just because he he goes out there and he gives it his all, and he he gives people three rounds of, of solid fights, which is always great to see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, but, and, and he's not just one-dimensional either. I mean, he, he likes to strike, but he's also got a ground game too. Yeah, his ground, his ground, game, his ground game is very underestimated, and, and everybody says the same thing. His ground game is solid. It, you know, he, he just knows that with certain guys, he can go out there and, and really slug it out, and he'll, he'll do serious work too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I like his tight clinch. His tight clinch is awesome, man. He caught he caught Relic in a tight clinch. I was like, oh shit. I know. <laughs> his tight clinch yeah, is a problem. Sure. But what one thing I also wanted to ask you from that card, and, and a lot of people that that saw it, and you know, I talked to, all, you know, off the air, they they talk about the Amir Sadala fight, and um, I like Amir Sadala. He's a nice dude. He's got a great personality, but. Is it just me, man, or can he just not finish fights? Like, his Muay Thai is always disgusting, and it always looks great, but he just never seems to finish him. I don't know what the deal is. It feels like he fights once every five years. Yeah, well, I mean, one thing, he's injury prone. I mean, he seems to come out of every fight. I mean, even the fights that he, you know, easily wins, like Baroni, he, he just always seems to come out, you know, with nicks and, and you know, cuts and bruises, and he, he ends up, you know, been out for a while, but I mean he he doesn't have much power. Um, I mean he he um, 
he's got the you know the the, the Muay Thai and everything, but I, I mean I think his hands are are, are like pillows, unfortunately. And I, I like him too, but I just don't think I mean I, I don't think he can knock anybody out. I mean he had well, Baroni when he was when he fought him. I mean he beat the shit out of him. I mean he was he did. He he everything he had. I mean every single thing he had he threw at Baroni and Baroni wouldn't go down. You know, and yeah. and, and, and Baroni I think for the last like two rounds was just basically asking to be knocked out. It's crazy. It's true. I I watched it and you know. My fiance says to me, she's like, yo, she goes, can this guy just not fucking finish fights? Because he was fucking Peter Sabata up. Yeah. All, you know, well, all three I mean, rounds. He's, he's only got all his, all his wins are decisions except one submission. Yep. It was, you know, and so I watched I, it, I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> Start yelling at your TV, come on. <laughs> yep, I yelled at the TV. Um, in the in the second round, in the second round, I yelled at the TV because I'm like, "Oh fuck, man! Can it not end? Can it not end? Like, like and sometimes it's uh, you'd like to watch guys fight, but it it just feels like the fucking fight is in slow mo, and it shouldn't be." Yeah. Well, well I agree. One thing that did jump out at me: How about that coming out party for Carlos Vemela on Seth Petruzzelli? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks. I don't know, man. He looks like he looks ginormous. That's <laughs> that a scary looks, fucking dude. He he looks yeah. He looks so mean. He looks like you know like they 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 put him up to the to the to the cage out in a cage and let him get out of the cage and kill the guy and then get back in. I mean, he looks. Oh, dude. He, he looks, looks like, like a bad know, guy scary. from Gladiator. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah he could be one of the guys in there. I know. Oh, man, he, he came out. I, don't, I think that one of the things everybody's like, oh, man, Seth Petrozelli is going to get cut. And you know what? I, I, I'd tell Dana White, like, fuck, man, give Seth Petrozelli another fight because I don't think even Seth Petrozelli was ready for what was coming out of that fucking cage. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, because his, um, his first fight was against um, John Madsen, and Madsen beat him. So I think... I think what what strikes everybody is he lost to Madsen, so they were thinking, oh, well, Petrozelli should be able to beat him, and you know, so then he he gets KO'd, and and so. I mean, I was one of those people that said it's probably about time that Petrozelli gets let go. <laughs> oh yeah, well you know what was funny was when he when when he caught Petrozelli um, with some of those slams, I was like I was like holy shit, this guy's not even breaking a sweat. Like even Joe Rogan was like, what the fuck with this guy? I know. It, it was disgusting. I, I um I was surprised with with, with Dennis Siver against Andre Winter. Very surprised. I really thought Andre Winter was going to come in there and do do the damn thing, you know, because that, that guy's that guy's really cool to watch, man. But yeah, he was. I don't think anybody saw him. saw a submission coming. <laughs> no sir, and, and and a nice clean one too. He took his back quick and choked him out. Yeah, I mean, I I, I had uh, him winning, but I did not. Not say a submission at all. What you thought? You thought he was going to go decision? I thought it was going to go to a decision with him um, likely winning a, um, a unanimous decision. But yeah, submission threw me off. I was I was happy. That was a good fight. That was good. It was entertaining. I, I was surprised, and I like and I like winner. So definitely, I mean, yeah, um, me too. You know, winner winner losing the fight is one of those things where it doesn't hurt his career because, you know, he lost against a guy who's, who's legit. You know, the guy coming came yeah. in there, he was 16 and 7. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, Dennis Silver is right. I mean, he's he's getting his, himself really close into a, a you know title contention. So you know, win or losing, it, it's not it, it's not like it's going to you know put him on anybody's radar to be cut or anything. No, I don't think so. And of course, the last one, the the Nate Marquardt fight. Um, and, and before I, I ask you about the fight, I really I, I'm going to run Dana White's comment by you where he said that he choked. And okay. with that. How, how do you how how did you take that fight after you know after it played out? Did you feel he choked as well, or you know are you in agreement with Dana, or do you feel that it was just that Okami was a better fighter? Um, be, watching the fight, I didn't think that he choked, and I, I kind of thought that you know that last round he just you know had his will broken, and you know and and but then reading. And hearing what Dana White was saying, you know, Dana White was saying that that his corner was telling him that he had won or that he had won both rounds, and that you know, you know so I, I don't know if that last round he figured he was had won the fight already and was just kind of staying away from being caught or something. Um, the 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 word choke is I don't know, not really. A, it's a strong word, right? It is a strong it, it word. Really like, is. I'm like, I'm like fuck, Dana. I know, I know you're pissed, but, but shit, you know, it's like, you know, like give the guy, give the guy a little credit. It's just like, I hey, fucking choke, fuck him. I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm like, Dana, I love you to death, but, you know, it's, uh, sometimes you, uh, sometimes you gotta fall back. Look, I understand where he's coming from, and I, and I know his frustration, especially with main events, because you know when your main event doesn't deliver and you're the boss, you're gonna be pissed. But you know, he went on his whole tangent too, about the whole Greg Jackson camp. And you know how yeah. the fact that Greg Greg Jackson kind of coddles these guys, and like you said, you know, oh, you, you know, maybe they told him he was winning and whatnot. And you know, Nate Marquardt is is a guy that you'd expect not not to shit on Yushin Okami, but you'd expect Nate Marquardt to go in there and, and plow through that guy, especially since he's been inches away from challenging for the belt every time. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I look back on it after the, you know hearing the comments, you know. What what Marquardt did in that last round was it was odd, um, but throwing the the chokeboard out there and then taking it a step further and going after Greg Jackson it, it was it was weird it, it I don't know it didn't it, it just it didn't feel right it was you know I don't know well I, looking at it from from a standpoint with Greg Jackson and his fighters do you feel that it's that it's definitely a factor when you're sitting there in the corner telling this guy that he's winning. I don't think you should ever tell a fighter he's winning. You know, I'm right I mean, about that. I agree. Don't tell him shit. Yeah. Just be like, nah, you look all right out there. I don't think any of the – I don't think you should have anybody in your corner that's a goody-goody, you know. I think you should have a bunch of apples in your corner. That there you just go. I agree. Yell at you. Because you only got, like, what, 30 seconds? You know, you, you want I them think... to be like, kick his, kick his ass, you know, you're losing this fight. Don't let him do this. And, and – yeah. You're right. Well, you know what the word, I always say that with BJ Penn because BJ Penn has pretty much fucking people that he pays. He has employees in his corner. So you're if you're if you're an employee, you're not going to tell your fucking boss he's losing. But that's fucking right. stupid. I, right. I and I, I also think yeah, I think BJ Penn actually runs his own uh, corner. <laughs> I think he talks he to does. himself. He owns that shit. 
he, only, he fucking ignores everything and he just goes in there. But that, but you know what it is? And, and, and to add to what you were saying, having yes men in your corner, regardless of, of whether they're your, your, your buddies or your coaches, it's like when you're in a fight where, where money is on the line and food is on the table, you don't need yes men in your corner. It's like you said, you need no. a guy that's telling them that you need somebody to be in your corner and be like, hey, man, you're going to let him punch you in the fucking face like that? You better go in there exactly. and rip his spine out of his fucking back and beat him with it. Yeah, you want you want someone that that is going to pick you apart. You did this wrong. You did that wrong. You can have the best round, and you still want that guy to be like, you know, you could have hit him with more shots or something. You know, you don't want somebody going, oh, that was the perfect round. You know, do the same thing, and that would be it. Yep, because that's why guys lose. I think sometimes the corners affect the fighter psychologically, and you know, they like you said, they coast through, they coast through the fucking fight, and then you know they lose, and then they're sitting there having. Because I think not, one thing that is that that's worse besides the losing is just having Dana White shit on you, because that's the right. worst. You know, you basically got your boss like, "Fuck, man, you you choked." Right. Well, and you know, when you hear fighters come into the corner. And that's the first thing they ask: Did I win that round? Yep. I mean, they, they should. They, if they ask that, you should say no. <laughs> and they, they shouldn't be asking that anyway. If you didn't knock the guy out, you didn't win the round. No, the fuck not. You know, if fighting is is a human chess match, you don't see anybody telling somebody how to move their pieces when they play chess. Nobody should be telling a fighter that they're winning either. It's stupid. Right. Well, you know what. The other thing I wanted to go by before we go through the fight picks, of course, was uh, was the WEC, the you know the final WEC card. Well, not the final one, but the second to last. And I just wanted to go over the um, the Uriah Faber to Kea Mitsugaki stoppage. A lot of people were saying that you know that, that guy almost got fucking killed in there. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I got I got a little upset with um, I mean, like immediately after the. This is, I guess it's the beauty of the social network. You can watch a fight, go on to Twitter, and, you know, you get to hear everyone's reactions. And, and, and I, I didn't – a lot of people were bashing um, um, Josh Rosenthal, the, the ref of that fight. And, and you know, these people need to realize that we see it through the eyes of a camera and not through the eyes of the ref who is standing right there and – it was a late stoppage, but it wasn't like the ref was like, oh, you know what, choke him out. We want to see the, you know, a guy pass out. He couldn't see Mizugaki. He, the, the, Faber got his back, and Mizugaki rolled towards the cage and basically blocked the ref. I mean, the, yep. the ref was looking. The camera, I mean, if you go back and see it, the camera guy was looking right at Mizugaki. That's why we knew he was out, you know? Yep. And and so it, it pissed me off because I really think that um, Josh Rosenthal and Herb Dean and Big John are are the best. You know they're the best refs out there. And you know people are so quick to just jump on everything, and and that, they, they shouldn't have jumped on that. You know it was it was scary. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean everybody everybody probably just stopped what they were doing when they were watching that because he looked dead. Yep, he stiffened up. He stiffened up like he a did. fucking board. And then they go to, and then you know, fucking TV show that you know the, the the network. Oh, let's go to the wide shot, and you just see everybody crowding this guy. I'm like, shit, he's dead. That's all Dana White needs. It's over. Right. I mean, even 
I mean, Faber was, I mean, he didn't pop up and cheer. I mean, he rolled onto his, stu- onto his, onto his butt and looked. You know, I mean, he had that look on his face like, oh, shit. You know, and, and I mean, it, it, it happened. He woke up. He was fine. Let's all move on. <laughs> Oh yeah, let's, let's, I definitely. I just wanted to ask you because you know I listened to them on, on MMA Gospel and they were saying you know the the angle was awkward, the placement was awkward, you know the the, the, the yeah. way that that, that Mizugaki rolled and and you know a good um a good analogy that they used was it was just a perfect storm of circumstances that you know it, it got it got shit fucked up like you said I wouldn't I wouldn't shit on on Josh Rosenthal either. It's like, how the fuck do you expect him to see if the guy's unconscious if his head is pressed against the cage? I don't know. <laughs> right, and, and his arms were, his hands were tucked under him trying to, you know, stop the, the choke. So he didn't have his hands so he can lift his hands up. I mean, he, he, there was, everything went just like this, perfect storm. I mean, he, his head was in the corner. You know, they weren't like in the middle of the ring. His head was in the corner. And, I mean, it was just, it, 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 if it happens 100 more times, 99 times, it, it, it's going to end that way. Yep, it is, because you, you can't see it. It's, it. it's like, you know, and even if you say, oh, well, you know, the ref should have cameras like they had in Elite XC and Strikeforce, the camera doesn't mean shit, because his head is, you can't see that his eyes are, are, are shut right. from, from that angle. The only thing the camera would have done would have shown us what, the ref was seeing, and then maybe everyone would have went, well, yeah, I can't even tell he's out, you know? <laughs> yep. Then people wouldn't have complained so much. Yeah, no, they probably but, still would have complained. Yeah, well, well, well with that, <laughs> that it, it, we, it, we, we, we fans, a lot of us are a real fickle bunch. I mean, I have my gripes, but my gripes are usually gripes about what other fans do. Like when they complain right. about lay and pray and wrestling, and I'm like, look, man, it's it's mixed martial arts. It's a mixture of various martial arts. I'm not going to take what I'm not good at and use that. I'm going to take what I'm good at and use it to win. It's that that's how it works. Yeah, I mean, the whole the only the only complaints that I usually have, I'm with you, is is fans and you know and, and uh, the judges. Those are really the only things that I. You know that, that that bug me. When fans, I mean, when I'm covering events or even when I'm, you know, watching them, it's almost like I wish I could mute the fans. I don't like. I don't need to hear them booing, and I don't need to hear them, you know, yeah, haunting just fighters with their, with their, and stuff. Yeah, with their armchair quarterback mentality. I mean, don't get me wrong. I get annoyed at the judges too. Like Cecil Peoples is a fucking ass, and I like to punch him right in his face because he's, you know, there's some fights that he fucking calls like shit. But other than that, it's true. The fans kind of make things a little, a little difficult to, to, to root for, you know, because it's like you're sitting next to this guy, and he's like, yeah, man, this fight fucking sucks, man. Why isn't he getting punched in the face? I'm like, you want to watch, you want to see punched in the face 20 times? Watch boxing. It's mixed martial arts. It's a mixture of many different things. You've got to look at all aspects and respect all aspects of the game. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, everybody wants excitement, but, you know, sometimes yeah. you've got you to gotta let the chess match play out. Yeah, I mean, everyone pays their money and hopes that you, you know, you, you see someone get brutally knocked out or choked out. But you know, you're gonna yeah, but if, you get eleven fights, you're gonna get you know maybe half and half. Well, yeah, but not only that, but think about it. If everybody got knocked out and choked out. People would complain that they waste fifty bucks every time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like, like you can't win. <laughs> you can't win. No, like you can't. Every, 
every fighter have to be on free TV if there's a thousand, you know, if every fight is a knockout. But, you right. know, they, they, they'd show fucking every fight on the card then at that rate. Yeah, then they, yeah. Then they, then they complain because, you know, the, the fans that are actually there would complain that they've paid the money to go and they don't get to see any more fights than anybody else. So, yeah, I mean, they're oh, yeah, just going to complain about everything. Well, we could, we could beat that shit up, but let's talk about um, UFC 123. I'm actually um, stoked about a couple of fights on there. We'll start from the bottom up uh, with uh, the lightweights, with uh, Tyson Griffin and Nick Lentz on the prelim. What do you think? Who you got? You know, um, I'm going to go with Griffin on this one. Um, I think that, I mean, dude's lost two in a row. Um, he, he, he's in serious need of a win. Um, but it, it's not going to be easy. Um, I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking like split decision here because Nick Lentz ain't no joke. Yep, I was going to say that. It's not, it's not going to be a fucking cakewalk. No. And, and I, I'd like to see Griffin get a win so that he doesn't get cut because, you know, he might be borderline. And I'd like to see him drop down to 145 and fight there. Yeah, that, that that's one thing. With the WEC merger, a lot of these guys, they should start really, especially those guys on the fence, like you said, Tyson Griffin, definitely start looking at that 145. You know, get that win, go to 145. You've got a lot of, a lot of fights in there that, you know, you, you, can, you can do really well in. Right, and, and, and that... I mean, that division to, to get to the top for the, the title right now is, is I mean, it, it, the division's got a lot of people, but, I mean, Aldo's beaten a lot of them already. So, you know, yep. if he comes out with a win and drops down, he can probably get there with one more win against, you know, a, a top guy in that division and be right there. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's a fresh opportunity for a guy like him. What about yeah. the um, – the, I, I actually am going with you too. I, I'll go with Griffin. I think that he's hungry and he knows that he's on the fucking he's on the knife right now. So I think he's going to come in there and try and do some damage. But I don't think it's going to be a, a, an easy victory. It's going to be hard fought for sure. And they're definitely getting a decision. Yeah. How about the uh, Paul Kelly and T.J. O'Brien? Um, I'm going to go with O'Brien on this one. Um. Not not really uh, any any particular reason why. Um, I mean, he's he's kind of a little unknown. I mean, Paul Keller, we know he's fought a lot in the UFC, but um, um, I'm going to go against Paul Kelly. You know what? I actually pick I, I pick Kelly for that reason, just more experience. But right. I've been having really I've been having real bad luck with new guys coming in and just making a serious impact. So I mean, I'm going to stick with Kelly, and, and I have a feeling that you know you're going to definitely be right, and O'Brien might come in there and and really show us something. How about uh, Edson Barboza and uh, Mark Mike Lulo? This is this is like. Um, um... I'm going to go with Barboza on this one. Um, I've heard a really lot of good things about him, about like being, you know, one of those up-and-coming guys. Um, so I, I pretty much uh, uh, believe the hype and uh, and went with him. Yeah, the, the the guys on MMA Gospel really sold me on him. I honestly haven't seen him fight, but um, yeah. they're like, yeah, he's, he's a, this guy's a beast. This guy's a problem. I'm going to take a safe. I'm going to take a safe bet. And, and and see how and see if if the hype is real and and, and take Barboza for my pick. Yeah, I mean it's it's <laughs> if there's all that hype behind him, it's a safe pick, I guess. You know, if he 
if we uh, we lose it, then we can just blame it on gospel. There you go. Um, <laughs> good old good old Carl Parisian, which. As a fighter, he's he's talented, but as a human being, I want to smash him with a chair repeatedly. Yeah, you know, he's one of those <laughs> guys that has all that. He's got all that potential, and he's done a lot of, um, you know, a lot of damage to himself. That, you know, he 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 could have been, you know, he could have won a title, or he could have been right there for a title, and you know, he's just got these, you know issues personally that he he needs to overcome yeah it's a i i you know i think that depending and and i and everybody says it it's like depending which carl parisian shows up he he could he could take this fight yeah one thing that i'm thinking is, is if if dana white actually let him back in you know i'm, I'm kind of hanging my hat on this and it, and it, like, it could be totally wrong but I'm thinking if Dana White let him back in after all the stuff that had happened, um, you know, hopefully... Dana knows his, something. Yeah, hopefully, you know, Dana went and saw him or, you know, and he's cleaned up and, and you know, he's, he's ready to, you know, to, to, to take it to Hallman. Yeah, I, I, it, it's disgusting. And, and, and like I said, I just don't like him, but, but I got to go with Caro if he's, and I'm, and I'm saying it just because his, his judo, his judo is the fucking key here. <laughs> yeah. If he comes in on fire, man, he could do some, some, some real damage. Yeah. And I mean, he, he, I mean, he had won three in a row, you know, in, in 06 and 07 was right there. And, you know, I mean, he's, He's got the talent, so if he's just overcome that, you know, his personal stuff, you know, he, he can do damage. I'm, I'm going with the crazy on this one, too. Yeah, with, uh, I'll give it to the fucking guy. Can't stand him, <laughs> but, I'll, but I'll go with it. Um, Aaron Simpson, Mark Munoz. I like Munoz, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I like Munoz on this one, too. Um, yeah, he's got he's got some power, man, in them fucking hands. Yeah, he does. I, do he, you don't want to get... Uh, you know, have him do ground and pound on you, because no. his face is going to be jacked up. Yeah, and I, I mean, Harrison's is good, but, but Munoz is just, he's on a tear as of late, so, and, you know, he's got yeah. a nice little Spike TV shot, nice little televised card, so he's going to be hungry, and he's going to be trying to make an impression real quick. Definitely, yeah, I agree. How about uh, Matt Brown, Brian Foster? This one's going to be a good fight. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Brown. He, he, you know, every every time I seem to uh, go against him, he uh, he wins. So um, I'm gonna pick him. Then he'll probably lose now. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Brown just because I like how he's developing as a fighter. He's coming along really well. You know, he's plugging a lot of holes in his game, and he's and he's constantly improving from his spin on the Ultimate Fighter. So, oh yeah, he's definitely a different fighter since you know being on the show. So yeah, definitely Brown. Now. uh Going into the pay-per-view portion, uh, George Sotiropoulos versus Joe Lazan. Of course, you know Sotiropoulos has been getting a lot of shit for coming in there with practically Iron Man armor on for his for his <laughs> fights, and, and Lazan's a little pissed. Uh, where do you see the fight going, and do you agree or disagree that the guy comes in there with fucking pajamas on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. No. I, I, maybe Lazan should show up there with... Uh... You know, Captain America or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, it, the, the way I see it is, 
Sotiropoulos got talent, got has got talent, and you know there there is something to be said if you know you got a knee brace and an ankle brace on the same leg, and and you know Joe Lazan made a made a valid point in saying you know if, since he has a high rubber guard, and you know that that those braces will keep him from slipping in the later in the later portions of the fight. I mean, I I can't I kind of have to agree with that, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean it's hard not to. I mean. And the, most of those people wear those ankle braces so that they don't slip when they're kicking and stuff. I mean, and that stuff goes on. I mean, I, there was like a, I think the, not the last fight with the Frank Mir, but the fight before that, he, his, but he had both knees wrapped up. And, yep. and, and even, I think uh, uh, Joe Rogan was like, I don't know if something's wrong with his, his knees or nothing, but, you know, I mean, nothing was wrong with him. He just, you know, wrapped them up. And yeah, I don't know. I don't it, know, man. I mean, that much shit, definitely a little, if it was just the ankle brace and nothing else, but, right. I mean, it is kind of true if he's got, you know, if he's got fucking uh, a, a calf brace, a knee brace, a fucking ankle brace, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, man, come on. You might as well be wearing the, uh, um, the, the pants. Yep, yeah, just wear a fucking pants. wetsuit. Just wear a wetsuit out there. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's going to be a good fight, though. Oh yeah, I, th- I think I think, and I like jo- I like Joe Lazan, man. But Sadaropoulos is is fucking he's he's an animal. I think he's gonna take it, and he's gonna take it by submission. Really nice. I think Sadaropoulos is gonna win too. Um, uh, submission would be nice. I mean, that would that would. Uh, I mean, he's he's you know people are already talking. I mean, he's uh, you know two fights away, you know, from possibly being in you know the title pitcher. I mean, if he was on here, you know, in with a submission or a knockout, I mean, I, I think he's one fight away. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you know what it is it, with, with Sotiropoulos and and Lazan is a is a is a good caliber opponent for him. But the problem is that Sotiropoulos is going out there really trying to finish fights. Yeah. So, you know, and Dana likes that. So, and not only that, but it it throws a fresh face in the in the lightweight division. So. You're right. Definitely, if he wins, I can see him at least one more fight away. Yeah, and, and he's a he's a big lightweight too. I mean, you remember he, he's a he lanky fought fucking at fucking dude. Yeah, I mean he fought at one seventy and moved down. So, you know, and, and he's he's what like six and zero in the UFC or something. So, I mean, yeah, he, and his only losses. I mean, like he lost to Ioki. I mean, he's only got two losses. He lost to Kyle Noak and. Uh, and, and Ioki. Yeah, and so those guys aren't pushing for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and he avenged his loss, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good fight, though. How about uh, Phil Davis and uh, Tim, Bo- Tim Bochick? I think Phil Davis is going to destroy him. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, no, no, no arguing that. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really sure what... Uh, what, what, what Tim's doing in there? Phil um, Davis gets better every fight. I mean, he's like a, you know, a step right below John Jones and in, in how he, you know, kind of freakish. Yeah, I, I like Phil Davis. I, I like I like Phil Davis. Uh, uh, I, I like him for this fight, and you know, he, uh, like I said, just the, the young prospects are coming in. They really got you know, he's got great striking. Uh, he's got a really diverse offense. I, yeah. I think he's just going to come in there and plow through this guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he's liable to get the takedown and, you know, in the, in the first minute and just, you know, pound him out and 
And other ones just you know, just hear Rogan going, Wow. Well, you know what's funny? That leads me into the next one too, for, for Gerald Harris and uh Miguel Fa- uh Falcao. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be a good <laughs> fight too. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like Gerald Harris. Yeah, he's he's a beast too, man. And this young dude is coming up and Gerald chance, Harris. You know, there's a good chance it's a lot, some of these like first couple fights in the main card are going to end pretty quickly, and we might, you know, fans might be able to see a, a you know, almost the whole card. That, yeah, you know, be looking forward to that. Yeah, Davis, Davis will probably end it quick, and and Harris will definitely end it quick, and and I got both of those picked, and you know, I think you're yeah, leaning the same way. Yeah, definitely. And of, of course, the the the, la- the last two, of course, uh, co-main of the co-main event and the main event. Uh, Matt Hughes, BJ Penn. Man, we did we really need a third fight? <laughs> I said the same thing, but you know what it is, Matt Hughes, and and everybody's like, oh, well, Matt Hughes, man, he came in, he caught that dude with the choke, and and Matt Hughes is looking to have fun out there. Matt Hughes is Matt Hughes, but BJ Penn, when when he's not fucking surfing and and do and and you know trying to do jumps out of fucking pools. He goes in there to do work. And BJ Penn right. isn't even get bulking up to the full to the full one seventy. So I think he's trying to go in there and use his speed, you know, catch the bigger hues and definitely try and go for that KO. Yeah, um I mean it's gonna be a good fight. I mean I really didn't want to see it um, you know, about a month ago when they announced it. Um but you know the the when it started getting closer, I mean it's gonna be an entertaining fight. Um, he just he seems to have changed. Something I don't know. In his last three something fights, is, he looks he looks different than different. he did, you know. And and I'm, I agree. I, I'm I'm taking Hughes on this one. Um, I mean, Pin Pin's got a, you know better talent. I mean, and he's a he's a, a one at 155. He's a you know he's a he's he's, he's a freak, but. Anytime he goes up to 170 recently, you know, not recently. He doesn't but, fare I mean, so good, man. No, and and like I said, something's different with Hughes. I don't know if it, he he's been training differently. Um, I I heard that he trains, you know, he went somewhere else for this camp, um, you know, for a little while. So, but I mean, the the wins that he's done. I mean, when he fought um, Almeida and caught him in that submission, and when he beat up. Um, um, God, who did you beat up before that? Oh, um, shit. Henzo. Yeah, I mean, those those fights, I mean, he was doing different things that we had really never seen from Hughes. I mean, with, with Henzo, he was kicking him, and he was kicking him hard. And so I'm going with Hughes on this one. You know what? I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Penn, and the only reason is because Penn is, uh, Penn is very ego-driven, and I, I think that Penn is, wants to go and make a statement, especially because he's coming off those two losses to Frankie mm-hmm. Edgar. And, you know, the guy's ego is just taking a huge hit because everybody's like, oh, what about B.J. Penn, you know? I thought he was so great of Frankie Edgar. And, you know, I like Frankie Edgar. He's a good fighter. But, you know, it's like Frankie Edgar, honestly, to me, came out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, he was yeah. winning really quietly, really quietly, and nobody hopped on the bandwagon. All of a sudden, it's, oh, shit, this guy's got a title shot. Oh, shit, this guy beat B.J. Penn. You know, like, that's when he kind of came full circle. So I think B.J. Penn feels that way. Like, you know, this fucking guy comes out of nowhere, whoops my ass twice, yeah. and and everybody's writing me off. So I think B.J. Penn is just motivated to shut people up 
And that's what worries me. Like, a BJ Penn like that that's just pissed off at the fucking world, he may come in there and just, he may even stand and bang with Hughes, which, which I, you know, it's not a wise choice, but he may just try and do that just to prove that he can hang. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that, that went through my head. I mean, I had a hard time picking against Penn just because Penn ain't going to want to lose three in a row. I mean, nobody no. wants to lose that. So, <laughs> I mean, you've got to figure he's, you know, you would hope that he's turning his ass off and, uh, you know, but I I I had to go with, with Hughes, but it, it's going to be a good fight. Let's let's hope right. that if Hughes does win, that uh, that Penn doesn't uh, you know, pull some stupid crap like I was hurt. I or, was hurt, man. I was hurt, man. Yeah, you know, something. I like hurt that. my ankle, man. Shortage of spam, man. He was greasing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, greasing. And, uh, and of course, a big one, which is uh, Rampage versus Machida. And, and and before you pick, I, I, I'm going to tell you my, my my heart picks it one way as a fan, but but my mind knows the obvious. So go ahead. What is your pick? <laughs> no, I want to hear. I want to hear what your heart says. My heart says that I that Rampage should go in there and dump uh, poor man poor man's Ryu on his fucking head. Especially because he's training with Steven Seagal, I really would like Rampage to go in there and just grab him and and pow, and pile drive him into the fucking mat. But it's not gonna happen. Machida's gonna come in there and fucking do Steven Seagal fucking Tiger Showman shit, and he's gonna fucking win. He is. I'm like shit. <laughs> that that that's how I see it, dude. I see Rampage going uh, out there hard, you know, hard for yeah. the fight, and then Machida fucking dancing around throwing fucking sidekicks and shit, fighting like he's Van Damme, and that's going to be that. <laughs> well, I mean, if Machida, you know, fights the way that he he should, you know, countering, you know, do what he usually does, counter, you know, re- you know, keep his range with the kicks, he'll, he'll easily win the fight. I mean, yeah. his kicks are, are, are better than Forrest Griffin's, and Forrest, you know, beat the hell out of uh, Rampage's legs. So if Machida That's does right. that, you know, and, and, you know, uses his angles where once Rampage starts to get frustrated and goes in wildly, you know, he, he'll clip him. It, but he could. He if could Rampage clip him. Gets, but if Rampage gets in on him, you know, I mean, we can see a slam, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's what makes this fight, you know, interesting. Um, I, I do think that Machida's going to be smart enough to, to – to do what you know others have done to beat Rampage. Um, True, but I just you know I think that Machida's coming in there, and you know he, he I, I definitely think that the loss to Shogun rattled his cage, and I think that yeah. that's what Rampage is going to use. Rampage is going to fucking go in there, and he's going to be like, "This motherfucker don't like to get hit." And it's true, Machida, when, 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 when Shogun started really putting it on him, he was like, oh, shit. Like, he don't like to get hit. And um, Rampage is going to make sure he's going to probably, Rampage is going to counter and shoot. That's what's going to happen. Like, like, like Machida's going to try and use the kicks, and he's going to throw one wrong kick, and he's going to get caught in the shot. And we're going to see if Machida's jiu-jitsu can do the job. But I tell you this, I don't think Machida's prepared to fight to fight this fight on the ground, honestly. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Um, I would agree with you on that. I mean, you know, I mean, with his ground game, I mean, you got to remember that, 
you know, when he fought Tito Ortiz, when they were standing, he was he, he beat the shit out of Ortiz. And when the yep. fight went to the ground, he actually was on top, but he almost got caught in several submissions. Yep, from you know, fucking so, Tito, of all guys. I know. You know, so if Rampage gets him down, you know, it, it could be it could be over for, for Machida quickly. Well, do you feel that um, the, the, the guy, the, um, the, the winner of this fight, should be next in line after Rashad and Shogun? Do you feel that that the performance from this fight uh, dictates that they should get another light light heavyweight title shot? Um, I don't really think so. I mean, I, I think that I mean, it's going to depend on who wins, you know, each fight. You know, I mean, like if Machida wins and Shogun wins, you know, I don't really think that they're ready to go and have, a, a you know, a third fight this fast. Um which you Rampage, even want to see it, for that matter. Not really. You know, I mean, I think <laughs> that there's other, there's other people in the division that, you know, maybe if Machida wins and Shogun wins, maybe Machida fights the winner of John Jones versus Bader, you know, or some, and the winner of that, you know, fights for the, you know, belt. I think maybe if Shogun wins and Rampage, you know, say Rampage charges Machida, picks him up, slams, and fights over. You know, I, then I could see that happening. Um, yeah, you know, I, Shogun, I could see Rampage. Knock him out. Yeah, you know, but like if if Rampage wins or Machida wins, and but then um, Rashad wins, I don't see that fight happening. I mean, if Rashad wins, I neither I don't see any of these guys fighting him. I, I tell you what, I honestly think that a John Jones fight against a against Machi a guy like Machida would be fucking insane. I think it. Would, I mean, it would be fun too. <laughs> Yeah, it would be it would be a wild fight because John Jones is gonna come in there and he's gonna he's gonna do some 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 spinning sidekick and you know Machida's not he's not gonna be ready for something like that especially because John Jones is so lanky and so quick he's mm-hmm. got a good reach to to really tap Machida's jaw. Right. You know, and and depending on how and we got you know how clean these fighters get you know if they're not injured and and then you know what happens in the other fight I mean the the Evans Shogun fight, that's not supposed to happen until, like, what is March, it? March, right? March, you know, yeah, something like that. So, you know, by, by March, you know, these, these fighters might, if they come out clean, might be ready to fight again. So, I mean, we could, we could see a fight in between there or something like that. So, um, Well, I don't, I don't like Rashad walking around saying, oh, well, you know, I want to fight, but then it's like, well, who do you want to fight? Oh, well, I want to wait. It's like, it's like not for nothing. It's like if, if, if but that's another thing too. Like Rashad and 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 John Jones are on that Kosh, on that Koscheck Fitch shit, where they're like, "Oh, I'm not. I wouldn't fight Rashad." And I'm like, "I'm like, oh, I'm not this shit again. Not in this yeah. division too." Yeah. Because um, that's a problem, hey, dude. Like I don't, Rashad I don't like wins, Rashad. So. <laughs> you you know what it is? If, and it's like, all right, Rashad wins. What if John Jones? Beats Bader, Dana goes, all right, Jones, you're up next for a title shot. Are you going to throw that away? Like, that's what has you know, me bugged out, because he's been saying it already, like, I don't know, and, you know, I, 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 I want to try and get him on the show, because I'd ask him, like, dude, you'd really throw it away? Really? You'd well, throw away an opportunity. You know, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I know that we, we hear and we've heard, you know, Koscheck and Swick and all these guys from AKA say they won't fight each other. You know, and we hear it all the time. But I'm trying to remember, I mean, have we ever actually had one where Dana White said, 
okay, John Jones, you're next for the title shot, and actually had them say no. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't. I'm trying no, to remember. Right. I mean, I, 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 we, we kind of need it to happen, you know. <laughs> Right, but but what what I'm saying is like he said he he said in interview oh, like oh, I wouldn't fight Rashad and you know John Fitch is on the same on the same page and I honestly think I mean don't get me wrong Jake Shields coming in and and fighting GSP you know it has to happen and and you know I have my own issues with that because you know Fitch was promised a shot whatever but there's a part of me that says all right what if you know for some reason you know for 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 some uh, immaculate God given reason Koscheck wins. And he beats Shields, and Fitch, you know, Fitch is next. You know what? The, it, it's like don't get me wrong; it's a lot of scenarios that can't happen. But it, it, it's being teased quite a bit in both of these weight classes that these guys will have to meet at some point. Right. You know, I mean, and well, I guess what I'm getting at, it needs to actually happen. You know, get to the point where you know. Dana White, or, you know, Joe Silver, they call a fighter and they go, all right, it, you're getting a title, title shot. You know, and then they, they need to record the damn thing so we can hear <laughs> things say, I don't want to do it. You know, so then, then we can you know, listen to it because, I mean, honestly, you know, a, 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 I understand what they say, you know, where they train with these guys and blah, 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 blah. But when it comes down to the fact of if it's your turn in line to take a title shot, are you really willing to pass it up? And take the chance of Dana White saying, "Well, fuck you, you ain't getting one yep, again." Because he could, because right, he could, you know. And and is, is it really worth it that much to them? You know. <laughs> no, I, I, you, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I really want to see that happen because I really want to see what somebody's going to say because it, not for nothing, I can train with you and we could be best friends and you have a family and I have a family and you have bills and I have bills and we're going to sit there, we're going to look at each other and go, look, dude, this mortgage got to get paid. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's the way it is. It's like, dude, you know, you're my boy, but, you know, my kid needs diapers. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like that's the way shit is. It's the, it's the real world. It's like my kid needs diapers. You know, my wife needs a fucking car, and I need to pay rent. So, you know, one of us has to beat the other one's ass. It's that simple. And, yeah. and, and real friends will understand that because it's the real fucking world. It's like, yo, there's money to be made. Exactly. Or it happened a couple seasons ago in the Ultimate Fighter for when they were trying to win the fight into the house. Two yep. fighters, they were best friends. They yeah, the green-haired guy and the other guy. Yeah, you know, they said, this sucks, you know, I don't want to do this. But I, 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 we both know we have to, and at the end of the day, someone's going to win, and then we're going to get a drink. And they fought, and, you know, he beat the shit out of the, his friend, and he won, and he got into the house, and they're still friends. That's it. But, that, but, that, but you know what it is? That's, that's where the real friendship comes in, because if you're that much of a friend that you're going to actually prohibit your, uh, your, your buddy from possibly getting it, then that's not a real friendship because then you're hindering your friend's success. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, like, I like, it. like that's not a real friendship. If you're really somebody's homeboy, you're going to be like, yo, fuck it. Let, uh, you know, we go in there, we beat the fuck out of each other for 15 minutes, and then we go, we grab a burger, and then I'll tell you if I win where you it went wrong for you and vice versa. That's what a real friend does, not this, you know, we've been training for, for five years and, you know, we're not going to fight each other. We made a, a promise. You know, we made a spit promise, and we held hands. Fuck that. Yeah. We're, blood, we're blood brothers. We don't want to fight each other. 
Yeah, it's like, look, man, no, fuck you. <laughs> Money's money, and Bill's got to get paid. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we do, I guess we need to get to that point, you know, and, and see what you know, what Dana and Joe Silva do and then what the fighters do, you know. I mean, with Kostrick being such a, a, you know, an ass like he is, I mean, he might actually get Finch to fight him just because he's being an asshole. <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought that. I thought, you know, Finch would be like, nah, and Kostrick might be like, are you scared? You know, like, yeah, exactly. like, like are you scared? Are you scared you might lose? I might be the better guy. Like, and then Fitch would be like, "Fuck! Now, now I gotta fight you. Now I gotta fuck you up." And you know what? It, 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 it I see, I see Koscheck doing it because Koscheck want, would want to protect his friend, so he'd actually fuck with him to get him to fight. Like Fitch would be the nice guy and be like, "You know what?" But Koscheck would be like, "You know what? Let me protect my friend by doing the shitty move." <laughs> you know, like, like come and fight me, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's cost check. It's please. fucking, it's fucking terrible. But I think uh, we've covered all the MMA stuff. But with that said, before I let you go, of course, get the big plug out. All right, man. Well, you know, come check out the site, man. <laughs> if you're listening, come check the site out. You know, it's it's got a little bit of everything. Uh, we do news, we do opinions, uh, you know, fight predictions, and pretty much every everything else MMA. Yeah, um, jo- see. See, guys, Josh is being very modest. Let, let me explain something to you. Josh's site <laughs> is, is MMA without any agendas or corporate sponsorships or hand-holding or bullshit. It's legit opinions. The guy, the guy and all his staff on there, they give honest, true opinions. They're not trying to, you know, ingrain themselves in mainstream MMA culture and try and get free shit. They go there, and if a guy sucks, he sucks. If he's great, he's great. And they're 100% honest about it. And you guys should check them out. And if not, you know, check out their articles on MyTakeRadio.com or I'll have to go to your house and fucking kill you. <laughs> it's that yeah. simple. Can I just record what you just said so I don't have to say it ever again when I do radio things? Cause hey, hey, man, I'll, cut up cut up that, <laughs> cut up up that, the audio. I'll cut it out for you and I'll, send it to you. I'm going to have to because, I mean, like, I could talk for, like, an hour and then, like, they go, okay, well, why don't you tell me about the site? And I'm like, uh, go check hey, well, the site out. Did. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, you know what it is. It's hard trying to, and, and and you know, it's hard trying to sell yourself. But you know what it is, dude. The MMA Valor is you. So yeah. that that that's it. MMA Valor is you, honest to the point. You're not trying to fucking get in there and, and and you know say the right thing so that the right sponsor will like you, or say the right thing so the right organization will like you. If a guy sucks, you go look. He fucking sucks. And if he doesn't, oh, this guy's awesome. Keep an eye out on him. That's it. Nothing wrong For with sure. that. Damn right. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, well, thanks, man. Right, I'll man. have you. Well, we'll definitely be doing uh, more of these in the future. Yeah, well, what? Uh, you got two picks different than me, huh? Okay, so. Yeah, definitely email those to me, <laughs> and we'll put them on the we'll put them on the site to see what what people say and what they agree or not, and um, I'll put them on the Facebook fan page too. Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll email them to you later, man. You got it, brother. Thanks again. All right, man. Thanks, man. Later. Bye.
That was Josh from MMA Valor. You can check out his site at MMAValor.com. You can also check out some of the articles he's posted on MyTakeRadio.com. Go in the search box, either use the tag guest post or MMA Valor, and you can pull up all of Josh's posts. Um, I definitely recommend, especially with the fight that just passed, you read his article on Nate Marquardt and how he feels that, you know, Nate Marquardt is getting Kenny Florian. I'm not going to spoil it, but definitely head over. If you're on Twitter, do Josh a favor if you like his work, whether it's on My Take Radio or MMA Valor, check him out. It's at MMA Valor, altogether one word, M-M-A Valor, V-A-L-O-R. Let him know My Take Radio sent you. And uh, definitely follow his feed. He keeps it real, and it's 100% honest all the time. Um, before I move on into some pro wrestling news, I want to extend a happy birthday to a uh, regular caller to the show and a good friend, Dark Helmet. Not only is Dark Helmet a year older, but he's also another year of making his kick-ass cookies. So definitely, if you're on Facebook, look for Rob's Cookies on Facebook. It's either on one, my personal page or on any of the other listeners' pages, and uh, check him out. He makes some kick-ass cookies, and, of course, it is his birthday. So happy birthday, Dark Helmet. Thanks for supporting the show. All right, let's talk some wrestling, because, boy, is there a ton of shit going on there. I can really go into talking about uh, TNA and, and their fucking shit, but I was too busy doing show notes, and all I have to say is that there was an octagon in the six-sided ring, and I just want to, as much as I admire what Dixie Carter is doing, there's a part of me that wants to just punch her in the fucking gut because some of the shit that we've been seeing is utter garbage, but that's a story for another day. I know I was supposed to recap The Ultimate Fighter, and I'm just going to go through it real quick. Kyle Watson, Aaron Wilkinson. Uh, Kyle Watson won by submission in the first round, so Kyle Watson advances to the, semi, to the semifinals. Michael Johnson ended up winning via unanimous decision against Bruce Leroy. Next week, we got the semifinal fights. You got Nam fan, so definitely something that will be worth watching for sure. I tell you this much, my picks right now, it, it may be Nam fan and Brookins for the final. I like Michael Johnson, he's awesome, but Nam fan, more established. I think Nam, it'll be Nam fan and, Brook, and Brookins at the finals. Keep an eye on that. Alright, that's going to wrap up that MMA. Let's, let's talk some wrestling. First off, Monday Night Raw. This week was old school Raw. If you, don't, if you don't understand the meaning of that, you're a fucking idiot. No, but honestly, old school Raw, they brought a whole bunch of old guys. And here's the kicker. This Sunday is Survivor Series, right? Logic dictates that before a major pay-per-view, your two shows are lead-ins to your pay-per-view. It's that simple. You got your Monday Night Raw lead-in for the Raw brand and the Friday SmackDown for leading into the fucking Survivor Series. So let's be fucking ass backwards and do an old-school Raw with zero build to the pay-per-view because it's all old guys. I didn't know Mean Gene Okerlund was wrestling at Survivor Series or that the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov were, were, were challenging for the tag team titles. You could have fucking fooled me. But you know what? Let's go through it. Opened up, Cowboy Bob Orton, Mean Gene Okerlund, nice little promo work there. Cowboy Bob Orton for an old-timer, that motherfucker cuts a mean promo. Wade Barrett comes out, oh, I'm Wade Barrett, I'm fucking English, pointing chips. No, basically Wade Barrett came out there and told Bob Orton that he'd beat his son, blah, blah, blah. The Miz and fucking DUI, Alex Riley, which I'll discuss later. 
they come out, they talk some shit, and of course, he, he says he might cash in his money in the bank uh, title shot, at which point John Cena comes out, he does his fucking, you know, I'm the good guy, I'm going to defend Wade Barrett because I want to be free of Nexus promo, and uh, John Cena will be fighting The Miz later on in the broadcast. First match, um, Dolph Ziggler with Vicky Guerrero against Sexual Chocolate Mark Henry, because you had to take it back to Sexual Chocolate, which gave me terrible visions of Mae Young giving birth to a hand. And for those of you that are um, fans of the YouTube, by all means, go look that up on YouTube with Mae Young giving birth to a hand. It is fucking shit. It is the most abysmal fucking angle ever. Nonetheless, Dolph Ziggler, Sexual Chocolate Mark Henry, Dolph Ziggler ended up using the zigzag twice, at which point he ended up using a sleeper hold, nice and old school, to get the win in the first match. Next up, you had Hart Dynasty fighting uh, Gingerbread Kid, Heath Slater, and Justin Gabriel. Of course, it's been teased for weeks. They finally pulled the trigger on it, and they ended up turning uh, Tyson Kidd heel. Uh, Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel ended up winning. Justin Gabriel hitting the 450 splash on David Hart Smith, at which point the tag team division just gets shot in the leg once again by having another potentially good tag team broken up. Nexus, of course, keeps the belt. Uh, Randy Orton backstage with me and Gene, little promo. R-Truth comes in with one of the fucking fruitiest shirts that I'd expect to see on a cab driver on Jamaica Avenue with like 20,000 holes in it, plug in his fucking shit. You know, John Cena, you can't trust John Cena, Randy Orton, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a fuck, mystical. Take your ass back to your cheap-ass rap videos. Seriously, R-Truth has so much potential in terms of being, uh, he's an athletic wrestler, and he's saddled with this bullshit Will Smith kid rapper gimmick that fucking stinks. It stinks, nobody gives a shit about you, and that's what's up. Moving on, Howard Finkel gets introduced. Howard Finkel, of course, introduces the next opponent, which, uh, which conveniently, of course, for old school Raw, is the Brooklyn Brawler, who's accompanied by Harvey Whippleman, which I haven't seen in fucking years. Uh, Brooklyn Brawler comes out. He's bitching that he gets no respect, has himself, a little, he has himself a little open challenge, met by Ezekiel Jackson, which I would say is Ahmed Johnson 2.0. Ezekiel Jackson comes out, proceeds to murder the Brooklyn Brawler, and that is pretty much a squash match. We got a little backstage segment with David Starscream Otunga complaining about the Nexus. Wade Barrett comes in, tells Otunga to deal with our truth Blah, blah, blah. Typical fucking Nexus promo. John Cena fights The Miz next against fucking DUI Riley. It's a no-brainer. John Cena was going to win. Little attitude adjustment. STF. Tap, tap, tap. See you later. Because, of course, The Miz says... I'm not going to wrestle. Alex Riley is going to take my place. And, of course, since fucking AOL GM manager had nothing to say, it's a no-brainer that Alex Riley was going to be the sacrificial lamb. Next, Randy Orton comes out, starts beating up The Miz. Harris and fucking McGillicuddy come out. Just everybody fucking fighting. Next thing you know, GM, oh, we're going to do something special. We're going to do a Piper's Pit with Randy Orton and John Cena. Crowd goes fucking ape shit. With next, little Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov action. Nice little flashback for me with Nikolai Volkov wanting to sing the Soviet National Anthem. Santino comes out with Vladimir Kozlov. Kozlov wants to sing the National Anthem with um, 
Nikolai Volkov, which was kind of cool. But the highlight of that whole segment was Slick. Not Slick from My Take Radio, but Slick the manager. Slick the manager comes out, fucking jive, walking, nice little suit. A great little segment. Really cool. Fucking Iron Sheik goes nuts. Starts talking about, oh, Hulkamania, blah, blah, blah. I fuck you in the ass and make you humble because that's what the Iron Sheik does. The Iron Sheik is the only guy, I think, that Chuck Norris is scared of. Next, little number one contenders match, the Uso brothers or the uh, little rock clones, as I like to call them, because if you look at them closely and you cut those braids off, they look just like the rock. Come out with Tamina, Jimmy Superfly Snooko, which was nice and uh, nostalgic, against Kozlov and Morella. The winners get the number one contenders match. Of the number one contenders match, get a shot at the tag team titles. Of course, they went with a nice, funny angle, and Santino and Kozlov won. Take it for what you will. If you think Santino and Kozlov are winning the tag team belts at the pay-per-view, you are sadly mistaken. And if I'm mistaken, then fuck, am I going to have to do some splaining next week? Next match, David A-list Otunga, because I like how they have to call him that instead of just calling him piss-colored fucking male escort. He comes out to fight Kofi Kingston because, I don't know, brand separation? Where did that go? Kofi Kingston, of course, it's a no-brainer, comes in. George the Animal Steel is your um, old-timer reference for this match. He comes out, tries to eat the turnbuckle. Otunga gets distracted, gets tossed into the exposed steel. Trouble in paradise reggae kick from fucking Kofi Kingston, and that's a wrap. That is a wrap for Otunga. A little bit of a backstage segment with Arn Anderson and Jerry Briscoe talking to John Morrison. Sheamus, of course, shows up, proceeds to kick John Morrison, and pretty much accepts his challenge at Survivor Series. Moving on, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, nice little segment, of course, calling Oksana a hoe. Ted DiBiase pops up, IRS pops up. All of this led to everybody fucking dancing with Tatanka, and Ron Simmons coming out with a well-placed damn. So all of that stupidness was just to get the damn from Ron Simmons. A nice bit of uh, nostalgia with a nice little Lord Alfred Hayes promo, which was kind of cool. It definitely took me back to the old days of watching wrestling on Channel 5 on Sundays. Next match, R-Truth with Eve. Eve coming out with her fucking stupid uh, Laker girl, poor man's cheerleader dancing, which fucking stinks. It's like, you are Hispanic and you have rhythm. What is this choreographed shit with fucking mystical? Nonetheless, it's a no-brainer. He's fighting Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett is not losing to R-Truth, folks. Wake the fuck up if you thought that was going to happen. Of course, Wade Barrett hits the wasteland. And, of course, he wins the match. Next, we had a really cool segment, which I actually liked, with the one and only Alberto Del Rio. He comes out with uh, uh, Tito Santana and Chavo Classic, which was really nice. Uh, very cool little segment there. I hadn't seen Tito Santana in years, so that definitely was a, a nice trip down memory lane. Sergeant Slaughter comes out because, of course, it wouldn't be a, an obligatory, an obligatory old-school Raw without a nice Sergeant Slaughter appearance. Comes out, calls Del Rio scum, slime, a maggot, blah, blah, blah. Typical, you know, anti-USA promo from Del Rio, who is actually a really, uh, a really potentially, uh, a real potential star in the making. So definitely keep an eye on Del Rio. Um, Of course, he ends up winning. 
Uh, he whoops uh, Sergeant Slaughter's ass, at which point uh, Del Rio gets a little arm bar in. MVP comes out to save, Del, to save uh, the Sarge from Del Rio. Moving on, of course, a nice Mae Young segment. I'm not even going to dignify this with a fucking run-through. Just Mae Young being Mae Young with a uh, flawless, stupid segment. Jim Ross is out for some guest commentary, and it was great. It was nice to see JR and the King back together, and they called a really good match from Daniel Bryan and Jack Swagger, which I have to say was one of the better matches of the evening. Uh, definitely something that has potential. Definitely something to watch in the near future with Daniel Bryan and Jack Swagger. Of course, post-match, Ted DiBiase jumps Daniel Bryan, catches Daniel Bryan with Dream Street. That obviously means that DiBiase wants the United States Championship, which we'll probably see defended at the pay-per-view. Of course, we're going to close things out. Little Piper's Pit. I'll tell you this much. Roddy Piper, as old as he is, the man survived cancer. He's old. He, he, he cuts some of the fucking best emotional promos in the business. And if these guys in the back aren't doing their homework, they're doing themselves a severe disservice. Roddy Piper cut a fucking fantastic promo. Wade Barrett comes out. Of course, he's got to interrupt. Needless to say, it ends with Randy Orton talking that shit. A little bit of a brawl breaks out. Needless to say, it ends up with an attitude adjustment to Randy Orton and then an attitude adjustment to Wade Barrett, and that closes out Raw. Wade Barrett is winning at Survivor Series. I, I feel it in my fucking bones. Now, if Wade Barrett wins, I'd like to see one of two things. Wade Barrett... Uh, Cena, of course, whooped Wade Barrett's ass and challenged for the belt. Or I'd actually, if you want to do the Cena heel turn, I would honestly have John Cena attack Wade Barrett, whoop his ass, Nexus comes out to save Barrett, Otunga says no, aligns themselves with Cena, at which point they beat up Barrett and they beat up Orton. That'll solidify a kick-ass heel turn, and above all else, it'll definitely do something different that, that's unexpected. Imagine that shit. Imagine there's a big fight, all of a sudden, boom, John Cena fucking with Nexus, and Barrett is getting the ass whooping. That would be unexpected. It would, be, it would add shock value, and not only that, but, every, you know, I did a guest spot on the This Week in Wrestling podcast with Verk, and um, I was discussing that, and I said it. Uh, you know, it, you don't get too many heel versus heel feuds. A lot of people say that they don't work, but you've got to think about it. The crowd hates Cena. Well, the, the smart crowd, so to speak. The children will always love Cena. But I'll tell you this. Even as a bad guy, a true performer can sell merchandise. Stone Cold Steve Austin, whether he was a good guy or a bad guy or wearing a fucking little cowboy hat with Kurt Angle and Vince, Steve Austin sold merchandise. Whether The Rock was corporate rock, corporate ministry rock, people's champion rock, Hollywood rock, he sold fucking merchandise. Triple H, good or bad, sells merchandise. True performers sell merchandise, good or bad. Take Hulk Hogan as the perfect example. Hulk Hogan, you fucking ketchup and mustard for life. The minute he embraced that black and white, he got re just reinvigorated. His character took a, a whole new dimension, and everybody was having that NWO theme music playing all over the place because that was the thing. Same thing with Cena. You don't make Cena put on the Nexus T-shirt 
the last night of the fucking, the, the, the last episode before the pay-per-view, Cena should have been wearing a black, black fucking jean shorts, a black Nexus hat, and a black shirt the minute he lost that stipulation. It's too fucking late now. Way to go, WWE, figuring that shit out really late in the game. It, it, it's fucking horseshit. Like, how did that happen? It, 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 it's absurd that you would take it to that level. Especially considering that you got to do something. You got to do something new. You got to do something different. Ugh, it's absurd. I just looked at the clock and it's twelve twenty. So I'm thinking that Alan from Raptor uh, may have gotten caught up in something. I haven't received any emails from him yet, uh, stating otherwise. But I figured I would bring that to you got you guys' attention just in case he doesn't show up. I will follow up with him definitely and see what happens. But I think that. Regarding this whole thing with Cena and Nexus, Cena's going to get out of Nexus, but you've got to do the heel turn. You've got to do the heel turn. And I'm going to tell you right now, you need to leave Barrett with the belt. You can't do this shit of the Miz running out and cashing it in. It's stupid. But I will tell you this. During the Kane-Edge match, I would definitely not keep the belt on Kane, but I would have the Miz cash in the belt and take it from Edge, because they have a little bit of a feud going on, too. Not only that, but Edge will get beaten at his own game as the ultimate opportunist. So I think that would be the, the direction to go with that. That's one. Two, it, you know, the Miz's rationale for doing it, I'm not going to fucking try and win the belt on Raw with what, Nexus fucking jumping me every week? No way. I'm smarter than that. That's why I'm awesome. That's the promo that you would use to solidify him cashing in that shot. That shot. It, it's that simple. It's fucking cake. It is so fucking easy that I can put it on an Etch-A-Sketch and it couldn't be any fucking clearer. <sighs> All right, let's go through some wrestling news. A couple of weeks back, I talked about that Eric Young was no longer going to be with TNA. Uh, guess what? That's changed. It seems that Eric Young has reportedly signed a new deal with TNA. He was actually in negotiations before his contract ended, and the new deal that he actually worked out with TNA will allow him to take independent dates when TNA does not need him. <laughs> Excuse me. Moving on, two last bits of wrestling news. Um, of course, last night was the always amusing and always abysmal, was it last night? I think it was the night before, WWE NXT, which is fucking atrocious. If you want to do something that'll make you laugh and you can just see the fucking stupidness of the wrestling business, do yourself a favor and tune into NXT. Tune in. You want to know why? Because you do an NXT based on divas to bring a new fresh diva talent and half of them can't even wrestle. Half, I, I'd say almost all of them need work whether it's promo or, you know, you can't get over on looks alone. I'm sorry. I understand if you've got a fatty and you've got some nice boobs and you've got, you know, pretty makeup and, and blonde hair. Yeah, that works. But you know what it is when you wrestle and it looks like shit? People will fucking shit on it, especially when you're not doing bra and panty matches and you're not doing anything that takes away from the fact that you have no talent. It's terrible. It is fucking terrible what they're doing with NXT in regards to creating new talent for the Divas roster. It's fucking atrocious, but if you want to do yourself a favor and laugh, by all means, check it out. And I'll tell you why I bring this up. 
Something happened, and of course it happened on Twitter with Joey Styles. Joey Styles, of course, uh, legendary announcer, for, uh, legendary commentator for ECW, working for WWE um, with WWE.com. One thing I've always liked about Joey Styles is that he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't care about the money. He's there, and he's getting the check, and he does what he does. But one of the things that I enjoyed most was the fact that he called it like he saw it, and he goes, all right, enough of this bullshit. NXT ended three hours, and Oksana was eliminated. Who cares? And you know what? I respect that. I respect the fact that he, he kept it real. It's like, yo, this shit is garbage. Who watches this shit? It's on the Internet. Who is watching it? Other than the people that are putting it on, the, on, on, you know, putting it on dirt sheets and putting it on websites. Who is watching this shit with legit interest? <clears throat> I really would like to see somebody say to me, dude, i got to get home and watch NXT on WWE.com. Find me one fucking person, please. Please, find me one that can say to me, hey, I'm going to go home and tune into NXT. You are a fool because there is absolutely zero value in that whatsoever. I would honestly just scrap the fucking whole program, take the chicks, send them down to FCW, and then bring them up little by little as just talent in the women's roster, or bring them up as a valet, or bring them up as a fucking school nurse. I don't give a shit. Do something, except to put this abysmal shit on the internet. We got enough diarrhea on the internet with all these fucking bullshit-ass people that are trying to get famous. I don't need the fucking diarrhea in wrestling as well. Do something else. Do something else. Ugh. And last but not least the good old crew at TMZ, which has decided to become the wrestling and MMA fucking gossip news network, recently put out there that Alex Riley, the Miz's fucking baggage holder, uh, was arrested in Tampa, Florida at 1 a.m. for a DUI. Riley, real name Kevin Kiley, was booked at a nearby jail and released in a few hours after posting a $500 bond. Way to go, dipshit. You're on TV every week, and you got a DUI. Nice fucking work. If he doesn't get fired, it'll be a miracle. But I guarantee you, he will be catching ass whoopings from every wrestler on the Raw roster for the foreseeable future. That's going to wrap up the fucking atrociousness of wrestling. I'm going to take a commercial break, and we're going to come back and talk some video games right after this. You know those shows where they play video game music, and they laugh in like really high voices like... <laughs> Well, you won't listen to that on our show, because uh, we don't have the budget for that kind of thing. We're broke as hell. And uh, nobody really cares that much to laugh that hard. So um, if you're looking for a show like that, that has horrible audio quality and uh, void of fake laughter, Video Game News Radio, 11 p.m. Tuesday nights on all games. All right, and we're back. Let's talk some video games. There's a lot of shit going on, and I want to run through it quick and easy. First off, very interesting article that was brought to my attention that was seen in the Escapist uh, website, and it's about violence in video games. And I actually want to read this article to you guys because it, it, it's total bullshit. Check this out. According to a survey uncovered by the Escapist that polled 1,000 adults, 54% of American adults believe video games are the cause of increased real-world violence. More troublesome is the fact that 69% express concern about the amount of violence in modern games. 
In addition to that, 65% figured the government should have the right to pen a new chapter for, its, for, for uh, the Supreme Court and allow that for, you know, allow a stronger grip on monitoring violent content. On the upside, 5% thought that the government should be the main decision maker when it comes to the amount of sex and violence children are exposed to in video games. In addition to that, 71% felt that the responsibility should be on the shoulders of the parents. Gee, you think? Also of notes, older adults were generally more up in arms about video game violence than younger adults. <sighs> you know, see, I, I had to open the video game segment with this, and, I, and I'll tell you why. First off, the fact that 69% expressed concern about this is, is, is beyond me, and I'll tell you why. Violence in all forms has existed for as long as I remember. Violence in literature, violence in print, violence on TV, violence in movies, violence on the street, violence in video games. There is violence everywhere. Let me tell you something. I grew up in the Bronx during the 80s when crack was prevalent. Crack, heroin, walking to school and, and crack needles on the floor and crack, I mean, and, and cocaine needles and, and crack vials. Anybody who grew up in the 80s in the Bronx or in any of the other urban, urban areas, and I'll use the nice PC term, knows what kind of shit it was like. Anybody who's in the chat that grew up in an urban area knew what it was like. There was violence all the time. I witnessed my first drive-by coming home from a fucking afternoon with my mom and my grandma and we were driving home, and there was a drive-by there. Just as easy as that. We had to speed through the fucking intersection when all of a sudden gunfire broke out. I was exposed to it. I was fucking five. Did I decide that I'm going to go to school and shoot up my classroom? No. I remember watching some really terrible horror movies growing up. I remember watching Different Strokes. I remember watching all kinds of movies, all kinds of programming that at the time pushed the envelope, pushed it a lot more than it's pushed now. And I, I, I don't wake up every day and, and, and think of killing my family. I don't go out and, uh, you know, anonymously punch people in the face. It, it's stupid. It, it, and, and the worst thing is they pull 1,000 adults and 54% of them, who? Who? That's why these fucking studies sometimes are so full of shit. Because the fact that 54% of them felt that video games caused increased real-world violence disgusts me. It disgusts me. You can watch the Jersey Shore. You can watch a little troll Guidette get punched in the fucking face at a club. Oh, but that, that, that doesn't change things. Yes, it does. It advocates punching a woman in the face. Oh, no. No, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it, how does that happen? How does it happen where they sit there and, and they do these studies and then they sit around and they go, well, yeah, you know, the violence is bad. But the best part is that they actually think that the government should dictate the amount of sex and violence that children are exposed to. The government. The guys that get blowjobs under their desks. The guys that fuck interns. Those guys? The guys that probably did coke, smoked weed, have a lot of skeletons in their closet. They were soldiers, some of them. They were exposed to violence all the time. You want those guys to tell me how and why 
you know, violent shooter should not be in a game that I purchased. And the worst part is that it took only 71% of the people to say that the, re the responsibility should be on the parents' shoulders. Where the fuck were the other 30? I really would like to find the 30% that feel that the parents aren't responsible and line them up and just beat them with a fucking wet sock. How does that happen? How does how do how do twenty nine percent of the people feel that the parents aren't responsible? You you blow a load, you make a kid, you 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 spread your legs, you pop a kid out, and all of a sudden it's everybody else's problem except you, the parent. How does that work? I saw I I saw and I saw I can count it on on two hands. The amount of kids conning their parents into buying them Call of Duty Black Ops, at least ten, at least ten times I saw it go down since its release. I've seen it. It happens, and the parents are fucking stupid. Can I get that Call of Duty Black Ops? What are you gonna say? And you know the the, the GameStop, the, the the employee in GameStop isn't to blame. You want to know why they're not to blame? Because the parent is asking for the game consciously. They're asking for the game consciously. The parents know it's violent. There is a fucking rating system. There's a ra Why is it there? Do you let your, th that same kid that you bought the M-rated game, do you let them go to the R-rated movie? Do you let, the four -year -old, do you let your four-year-old kid go to see The Hangover and watch Dr. Ken jump out with his dick hanging out? Do you do that consciously? Do you consciously do that? Yeah, I bet you you don't. And you know what? Yeah, I don't. And people are like, oh, well, you know, the GameStop employees. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. It, unless the kid walks in there by himself, yes. But if the parent consciously walks in there and buys the game and they don't fucking ask what the little box that says M and 17 means, the parent is a fucking idiot. Period. There's no argument for that. There's no defense for that. There's not. Why is it that we have to protect stupid people from themselves? When did that become our job? When did it become the GameStop employee's job to tell the parent, you can't buy this for your kid? The parent's going to say, fuck you, go to Target and buy it. It's not GameStop's fault. I don't, you know, I shit on them a lot, and I give GameStop shit, but the employees shouldn't have to t raise your kids for you. The shit is, 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 it's violent. Not only that, but there are enough places that I walk into that clearly have posters with the fucking rating system. And the same way you can read the little cover that has the soldier holding a gun, you can see that there's a fucking 17 in the corner. Rated M for mature. You hear it in the fucking commercials. Rated M for mature. When, when did we become such pussies? That's what bothers me. That's what bothers me as a gamer and as an adult. I was exposed to tons of shit. And, and what happens is that the government and, 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 you know, these fucking assholes and these special interest groups, they don't look at the big picture. You know? Fucking Sarah Palin's daughter gets knocked up, and everybody turns the other cheek. But, you know, some kid fucking plays GTA and, you know, has mental problems and shoots up a school... And everybody's like, oh, my God, that's the worst thing ever. And I use the Sarah Palin excuse because it's a 17-year-old kid that got knocked up, and it wasn't that big a deal. And, and I, you know, it's, I'm not using anything political. I'm just citing the, the, the quickest example that came to mind. 
17-year-old chick gets knocked up, doesn't marry the baby daddy. The baby daddy fucking poses in Playgirl, all kinds of dysfunctional shit. Oh, <laughs> well, that's cute. That's what we get. But, you know, some kid fucking plays Doom and decides he's going to fucking try and suffocate a classmate with a bag, and all of a sudden it's the game's fault because it taught him how to do it. No, asshole. No, it didn't. No, it did not. It's terrible. And then the best part, the older people were generally more up in arms about video game violence than younger adults. The older people. These are people that probably saw people wearing blackface, uh, African Americans getting sprayed with garden hoses because they're old and they saw that shit, gang violence, West Side Story level bullshit, racism, all of that shit went down when shit was really fucked up. The draft, Vietnam, images of war, all kinds of shit. We've seen it all. And the fact that, of course, young people aren't going to give a shit because young people are desensitized. You can say bitch on television. I couldn't hear bitch on TV unless I watched HBO when I was growing up. In 1987, you never heard the word bitch on HBO. You didn't, on television, on broadcasting, you didn't even hear the word shit. There was a lot of bleeping going on. You want to know why? I watched the Morton Downey Jr. show, which if you don't know what that is, YouTube is your friend. Morton Downey Jr. ran a late night show that was pretty much the, 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 the fucking grandfather of Jerry Springer. This was shit that was fucked up before fucked up became cool. You saw violence. You saw cursing. You, I remember fucking, out, you know, fucking Roddy Piper spraying Morton Downey Jr. with a fire extinguisher because of Morton Downey Jr.'s shitty attitude. Like, they had to spoof that because that was the big deal. It's terrible. It's terrible that we, society, the government, have to coddle your, your, your children. It, it's appalling. It really is. I see we got another caller. I'm hoping it's Alan. Um, I'm sure if it is and he heard that rant, he, he may be a little apprehensive on coming on board. But you know what? Let's run with it. Caller, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Alan. Hey, man, what's going on? Uh, it's going pretty good. Yeah, I did listen to your rant, but uh, no, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, you know, I um, but, but before we get into that, I want to ask you, especially since you being involved in the gaming community, how do you feel yeah. about that? About you know, the, you know that type of a, of a study being done, and you know, fifty four percent feel that video games should be the the, the are, are to be blamed for real world violence. I mean, I pretty much have the same sentiment as you. Like, I feel like a lot of that kind of the, those kinds of things should be, you know, with the parent. Like, you're right. It does say M, rated M for mature on all these games, and you know, it's up to the parent to, uh, you know, they're the ones with the money. Like, a kid's not gonna like sixty bucks is a lot of money. Like, when I was a kid and I had to find sixty bucks, I could not get that much money and go out and go buy a game with it. Well, the, the alarming thing is the fact that. I, and and this is what I what I, what I wonder. It's like I said. It's like if you don't let your kid go see an R-rated movie, or you don't let your kid watch certain cable programming, but you have no issue buying buying your kid, you know, God of War or uh, Call of Duty or any of these other games with violence, and you and you barely bat an eyelash. Why would you blame that when you're such a when you're such a parent? in monitoring everything else. Why can't you learn the rating system? It's obvious, and it's there for a reason. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think it's just because, 
video games is easy to blame. It's terrible. It's I really dislike the soft targets. You know, it's easy to target something where where there's not a unified front to defend the medium. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, video games are so young. Like the movie industry has been around for such a long time, and so uh, video games are new. So let's just blame that. Well, I figured I'd get your take on that. Well, thanks for joining us, of course. Um, I know that it, well, you probably had some stuff going on, and I know it's probably, uh, you know, cutting into your schedule, but I appreciate you coming in and, and talking to us. No problem. Well, um, let, let's talk about Raptor. For, for those of you that um, aren't aware, uh, Raptor is a really great application put out. And, Alan, share with the uh, listeners a, a little bit about Raptor. Uh, so basically, Raptor, we like to think of Raptor as kind of uh, the app for your gaming life. So uh, not only can you basically track your game time and achievements for, you know, PC, Xbox, um, uh, PS3, and stuff like that, but you can also, like, see what your friends are playing. So and that's kind of, like, the, the biggest utility, I think, uh, as a gamer, because, you know, when I'm when I'm uh, finished with work, and I'm like, hmm, I want to play a game, but sometimes, you know, I don't really want to play with myself. I kind of just look on Raptor. I'm like, oh, like my friend Joey is playing playing a game already. I can just like shoot him a message, and be like, hey, I'll be home in 15 minutes. Let's play a game. And so yeah, that's that's uh that's probably the thing that I like about the most. But a lot of people like our statistics, so we we do track all your game time. So a lot of people like to see, oh, I played this much, or they think, or I wasted this much amount of time on my life on this game. And you know, like gamers, gamers typically like that, you know. Oh yeah, I, I, that's one thing that definitely um, put me onto your to your service. It, it helps me actually, and I enjoyed the fact that in playing the games, I can see that you know one of the games that I was playing that I played through was Darksiders, and people can say you know anybody who I know that asks for a game recommendation, I'm like hey you know it took me about 28 hours to beat Darksiders. Like I've actually used numbers like that just to discuss that because some people will say to me, well is it a long game? Is it a short game? I'm like ah it's all right you know. But, um, you know, it's a game you could probably finish sitting around in a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, you're completely right about the whole game thing because, for instance, when I picked up Black Ops, um, probably the instant I loaded it up, I got, like, five or six messages saying, hey, how's Black Ops? Should I go up and pick it up? And, you know, I gave him my, my, my ten cents about it and, or my two cents about it. And, uh, yeah. One, one of the things is I... I, I noticed you guys have have gone, you know, the extra the extra mile and are adding um, other accounts and you know other mediums. Uh, one one thing I was wondering about that is, you know, how does uh how did you guys get to work with the with Xbox Live and with PSN to make it work? You know, how did that process work? Well, so basically, um, our founder Dennis Fong, um, he's also he also started Xfire. He's also co-founder of Xfire, and then when that company when he sold the company. He figured, like, what what was next? Well, naturally, he wanted to do basically make an application for everything. Like as you said earlier, the the gaming industry is so segmented right now. There's really no way, you know, if you want to like play with this friend, he's on Steam. You got to play with this friend, he's on Xbox. You know, it's just there's just so many different networks that it's so difficult to play on. And basically, when when Dennis founded Raptor, he's thinking like, I we need to we need to bring it all together. And so. Basically, a lot of a lot of the tools that we have are are custom built for like friends tracking, uh, tracking Xbox, PS3, Steam. So that's that's another reason why Raptor is kind of we're kind of the only ones out there to do this, is because it does take a lot of work 
to 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 get this information. And we actually don't really technically work with like Microsoft or Sony. We use their service and we use like kind of the data that they that they have publicly available. But it's not like we called up Sony and we're like, hey, can uh, let's work together on this. No, it doesn't work out that way. And uh, even if, even if we did, even though Raptor right now we're we're in like the millions of users, it's still it's still small compared to like the vast amount of users they have worldwide. Well, you know, it, it, it's funny because when I, when I started using the service, I really, especially because this was prior to um, PS3 putting any sort of tracking on on social networks, whether Facebook or or Twitter. So I, I, yeah. I appreciated the fact that I can share some of those achievements, especially on the Sony side of things, with um, some of my friends on on Twitter and Facebook. And I would even, you know, they can see what games I was playing. So I definitely appreciated that, and I like the fact that you guys helped bring that about. And then, you know, when Sony integrated it later on, you know, even though it got integrated into Facebook, by then you guys were ahead of the curve. And, you know, that that was really innovative and ballsy of you guys. Yeah, thanks. Although I really wish that we could track uh, PS3 playtime. That's something that we've always wanted to do. It's probably, in the beginning, people were like, hey, you track trophies, why can't you track the playtime? And it's honestly just because Sony hasn't made that... Um, made that data public yet, or they haven't made that data available yet. So just in case you well, guys are wondering about that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I had wanted to ask you, when have the, any of the major companies, like, like reached out to you guys just in terms of, you know, seeing, you know, what the, what the application's about and anything of that nature? Have you heard from, from any, you know, from Sony or even Nintendo or, or Microsoft in that matter, and as to you know finding ways to work with you guys, have, have they reached out to you in any way? Yeah, we've had uh, we have had many. Actually, we've had Microsoft contact us before just to see kind of like a, they asked for a demonstration about like what Raptor is and what Raptor is all about. Um, but in terms of Nintendo and Sony, they they haven't really reached out to us. Um, but in terms of other big companies, like we've heard from EA, WB Games, like all those guys, because. Ultimately, they're they're all interested in in our data because, like you know, MPD and stuff like that. They track what people are buying, um, and, like when people are buying, like you know those trend trends. But nobody really tracks what people are actually playing, and so that's that's kind of the appeal of Raptor and why so many big publishers want to work with us is because they want they want the data. They want to know what you know what what gamers are playing. Um, you know, in, with MPD, it's like okay, they buy the game. Well, are they are they playing it? Are they, you know, selling it back to GameStop? What's the deal? But like, we 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 are just starting. We're just starting to work with these uh, with these bigger companies, and there's a lot more to come. Well, you know, I I I really want to see you guys succeed on that because by you guys exchanging data, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that those guys want to corner the market, but you guys created, you know, you created something that's seamless and allows. All the all the consoles to to reside in one small dashboard, and you know that yeah. that that's actually good. And one thing I also liked was, and I'm not a big PC gamer, but even if I got friends that play PC games, you can see what they're playing, and you can ask them, "Hey, how's that game work?" This, that, and the third. You know, it, it's definitely a good uh, a good way to to unify all the platforms because it would be nice to have one set of unified communication for for cross platform chat. Yeah. That is uh, that is our ultimate ambition is basically to 
unite, unite gamers. Well, the, the, you guys are doing a kick-ass job. One thing I wanted to ask you, though, and, and you know, you guys are doing this completely free or offering it to the community free. Um, how did you guys come about? What was the origins in terms of getting it off the ground and, and funding? How, how did that come to pass? Well, uh, our founder, Dennis Fong, he, he did, he's done several startups before, and most of them have been, if not all of them, have been extremely successful. And so basically this is his third or fourth startup, Raptors is their first startup, and so he, 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 he's got vision, he knows what he wants, and he's also got the, the means. He says this is his, his you know, third or fourth startup. He knows a lot of people in the industry. He started out as a pro gamer, so that's also having those people in the industry. And naturally, you know, when he, he knows these investors, so when he walks up to him, he's like, hey, I got this great idea. I mean, it's, of course, it's not that easy, but he's like, hey, I got this great idea. Look at, look at my track record. Like, all right, let's do it. And so he gets that kind of funding. So basically, oh, nice. Yeah, basically, that's how it went. Well, in in regards to that, when you know you you being the community manager, um, have you been on board with Raptor since inception, or did you come in um, after it was already off the ground? I came in um, after it was off the ground. Uh, let's see, Raptor launched an open beta at the end of two thousand eight, and I started working at. Uh, mid to early 2009. So when I first joined, you know, it was still relatively young. We just went to open beta, so it was able, or games were allowed to use Raptor publicly. And, you know, it was still young. Basically, what uh, when I hear from from the from the old-timers of the company, is like, hey, we need, you know, we're growing pretty fast, and right now we have no way to talk to our community, or no one has the time to do so. So they're like, so they said they decided we need to hire a community manager, and uh, that's when I came on board. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, it's it's good to see that, and and that's one of the reasons why. I, and and I've been reaching out for a while to talk to somebody because I've been using the service. I like it. I like that you know people can see that you know you've played you know 130 games. Like I said, I like the the hours and I like the execution of it. Are you guys looking towards expanding towards mobile platforms? Because it would be good if you can have. Uh, Raptor Messenger on your phone, and you can communicate. Or like you said, like let somebody know, hey, I'm 15 minutes away. We can get in a quick game. Yeah, so we are. We definitely. It's one of those things where we definitely are interested in those kinds of things. We just don't have don't have the manpower for it. Um, right now, our company is about is about 30 people strong, but we're always constantly hiring like engineers, um, you know, to build it out. We did release, or uh, probably a few months ago, we released our iPhone app, and it's, it's basically just allows you to see what your friends are playing and send kind of, kind of uh, I guess, slow messages, not instant messages, but allows you to send messages over to Raptor or the person's Xbox. And so we do have okay. that in the iPhone app. But we really do want to expand to Android. Um, we've also been looking into the Windows 7 phone, but honestly, there's just too much stuff to do. How to prioritize what to do next. Oh, I, I, I can hear you. I can hear you on that. I mean, I was, I was using the iPhone, and then I recently switched to Android. Hence, why I, I asked you that because I think that integrating that into a, a into a portable medium, uh, well, into a mobile medium for that matter, would would really push you guys over the top, especially from a communication standpoint, where you can say, 
you know, picked up Black Ops heading home, and you can broadcast that to the people on your on your Raptor list, and somebody can say, oh, shit, you know, he'll be home in, in half an hour. We'll get a quick game in. Yeah, that's definitely definitely something that we want to do um, once again. It's, it's just a matter of time. Um, how are you guys in regards to raising more awareness for, for the product? Like, I know I see you guys growing, and, and I see more, more of my friends signing up for it and more listeners from the show signing up for it because I start seeing their achievements pop up via Raptor. Um, you know, how, are you, how are you guys getting, getting that exposure out there? Well, basically, we, we only recently hired a dedicated uh, director of marketing before, you know, it was kind of uh, the executive team would be, hey, we should do, like, uh, something marketing-related around this time. But it wasn't un- until probably, like, three or four months ago that we hired a dedicated director of marketing. And since then, you know, we've really ramped up marketing. Um, uh, this may be through, like, promotions, through through contests. Um, we've also done what we call the Raptor Reports, which is we release actual data reports about games that have, popular games that have come out. So... Uh, I don't know if you saw, but we released one on Halo Reach when that came out uh, a few months yep. ago. Yep. And uh, we're we're planning to release actually the Black Ops one uh, tomorrow. Nice. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I, and, uh, we should expect uh, we definitely do want to do more marketing and build more awareness about Raptor. Yeah, I definitely. That was like I said. That's one reason why why I um. I reached out to you guys because, you know, I, I, I enjoy the product. I enjoy what it offers. You know, I have my, my, my Raptor buddy list actually open, and I get the pop-ups when, when people pop on. So, you know, I got a, you know, I got at least 10 people that I'm friends with uh, that are playing different things. A lot of them seem to be playing Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit, and uh, Black Ops. <laughs> but um, yeah, two games that I got to play, I get a lot of shit because I haven't played them. But, you know, I definitely would would love to be an active part in helping you guys raise awareness for that. You know, that's one of the things, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you guys on because the service is, is great and, and it and it bridges that gap of communication across all the consoles. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Um one of one of the things I did want to ask you though, when um you guys built the site and the profiles were you are you guys working on allowing more customization? The only reason I ask is because you know you have your background and you know I have the Gears of War background and you know it's great and all, but all right, you know have you guys ever considered allowing you people to you know expand their profile customization a, a bit? Yeah, we definitely do want to allow gamers to customize. These gamers they honestly like to customize things. Like just look at the Xbox dashboard. There's so many things you can customize on that Xbox avatar, and we definitely want to you know, uh, kind of keep keep that going in, within Raptor. Um, but because, but once again, it's, it's one, it's out, it comes down to the man hours thing. We only have so many hands on deck to build all these features. Um, even if we were to build something, for instance, you bought the backgrounds, we do want users to be able to upload their own backgrounds, but then we have to be able to have somebody to, to watch it, essentially. Because, you know, there's going to be those small amount, of people, small amount of people who, that it's funny to upload porn or something like that as a background. Yep. And no, we oh, yeah, I got you. Manages that, and but we definitely do do want to allow uh, gamers to customize their profile. I mean, I'm a big advocate of it. I've been pushing internally. I've seen the community talk about it a lot. So, I mean, we we know we know that gamers want more customization, and we're trying. 
Yeah, well, and, and I appreciate that. You guys are based out of the West Coast, right? Yep, uh, we're based in Mountain View. Nice. You get a nice, uh, good, cool Cali weather out there. Yeah, pretty much. Although it's supposed to rain tomorrow, which kind of sucks. But what do you, what do you, what do you um? I I figured I'd ask you. I mean, it's a cliched question, but what what are you playing now, and what do you look forward to uh, seeing coming down the pipe? Oh, I just I'm looking forward to seeing the Raptor name everywhere. Um, we're we're really we're really trying to ramp up awareness for Raptor, and that's that's basically it. Like I want to I want to see you know how people have uh, how people say oh like uh, check me out like when people go to Twitter and you know see what their friends are doing people go to Facebook and see what their friends are doing and all people that think they're like okay I'm going to Facebook and I'm going to check my email every day and I'm going to Raptor every day that's that's what we want and that's why we're cool and, and that that's that's the best goal. In in terms of uh what what games what 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 games are you playing now? Oh, I, I uh, before this uh before this call right here, I was playing Black Ops. And, <laughs> uh and yeah, I'm 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 mainly a PC gamer, so you know, I'm I'm kind of old school like that. I think playing first mission shooters on the consoles is incredibly difficult. Um but the, only, the only reason I do play on the console is because all my friends do as well. And so, you know, when, when Borderlands came out, you know, I had to get it for the 360 because otherwise I had no one else to play with, pretty much. Ah. Yeah. Are, are, do, but, do, you own, do you own all the consoles, or, or are you just a, a 360 and PC gamer only? No, I, I own all the consoles, um, but I there you only, go. Yeah, but I play uh, PC and Xbox 360 the most. Nice. Do you think we'll that we'll ever we'll ever get into a stage where you'll be able to see, uh, you know, PC versus 360 or PC versus PS3 matches? You think that that can ever come to fruition, especially from a first-person shooter front or an MMO front? Mm, I, as a gamer, I'd love to see that, but I, I, it's really hard to say. Like, because this the competition is so. Is so tense between these three companies, between Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. I don't think I'll ever, will ever see that, um, without one of them completely taking over, or without uh, another service doing it. I don't. It's hard to see. There you go. Hell, that, that's that's the best answer I've gotten. Some people are like, "Yeah, hey, I'd like to see it," blah blah. But but you know, you you looked at it from the standpoint of, "Hey, it'd be it'd be good if there was a service that would allow it." To be to to happen where they can meet in the middle, but um, yeah. in, in in regards to that, with you, you know, obviously with the, with the connect and the move out, how you know, how do you feel about this the the new you know motion control technology taking center stage, even though you know they're trying to really push the hardcore gamer aside. Um, I think you know honestly, like a lot of people say, oh, you know, Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, they're trying to kill the hardcore gamer. I hear that a lot. But honestly, I think of it as less becoming as they're trying to kill the hardcore gamer, as they're trying to bring more people in the gaming. Like before, yep. when people talk about, oh, you know, that that guy's a gamer, he plays games. You know, you see like you know, it's like this nerdy guy or it's like kind of fat guy in his mom's basement. But now, you yep. know, there's pretty much a week on every household. Exactly, and so that's why I I I I don't mind it at all. Like people say, oh, you know. They're, they're putting hardcore gamers on the side. No, I don't think so. I mean, if you look at it, Black Ops, uh, I, I like to think that's a hardcore game. Um, Halo Reach, Absolutely. stuff like that. But, 
Those are hardcore games. Yeah, Black Ops. Black Ops. As soon as I look at the, as soon as I looked at the numbers for Black Ops, and I saw the 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 uh, the, the movie blockbuster money that it made, I, it's like you can't even say that that gaming hasn't transcended into the mainstream because the when a game is generating more revenue than some of the best movies out there that are putting that kind of money out there it really it really shows that video games have truly come into their own as an art form so it definitely puts a smile on my face yep me too good time to be alive right now <laughs> um did you uh did, are are you going to pick up either the connect or the move i've actually already picked up the connect um and it's all, uh, another reason I picked up the Kinect was because my girlfriend uh, likes to play those kinds of games. So yeah, the casuals. Yeah, so does uh, my fiance likes to play the, 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 a lot of the motion stuff as well. So that's definitely a, a, a an easy buy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And that's that's another reason I think I think bringing in this uh, like quote unquote casual uh, motion controlled stuff is because it allows people to share gaming. Um, yeah, basically lots of people share gaming. Um, every once in a while, I throw these parties. And before, you know, if I just, you know, put on Call of Duty, then I would not be able to invite, like, some of the some of my like, more casual friends. But with all these games coming out, like, I'm going to have, when I throw another party, I'm going to have a Kinect station up. You know, people, like, less hardcore gamers can play on that. So Nice. That's a good way. That's a good way to look at it. If if you had to if you had to choose, do you feel that the Connect is going to be the 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 actual newer IP that's going to become more mainstream, or do you think it's going to be a toss up between Move and the Connect going forward? Ooh, that's a that's a difficult one. Uh, if I had to put my money on one of them, I would have to say the the Connect. Um, I, I tried out, when I went to E3, I tried out the move, um, like, right when the move launched, I played it as well. I mean, it's cool and all, but, you know, there's just something about being able to stick your hand out and swipe to interact with the Xbox that, that is that is better than having to hold something in your hand. Now, granted, I'm still I'm still a traditionalist, so I believe, like, you still need a controller, you still need, like, a keyboard and mouse to play, but um, if it was down to, like, move versus connect, I would say connect. And it's funny you say that. I got to play both also, and I played the Connect at the at the New York Comic Con. We actually threw it up on our channel. And um, initially, I, I went into it very apprehensive. I just thought that the Connect was very hokey until I played it, and I realized that it's it's very immersive. It's very physical. Don't I I, I honestly considered the PlayStation the the PlayStation Move to just be a a, a high def version of the Wii. You know, that, that, that's kind of how I looked at it just based on, you know, you got your nunchuck and you got your Wiimote and you got your, your move wand and your navigation wand. And, then, you know, I, that, that just made me say, oh, look, it's the Wii with prettier graphics. With the Kinect, yeah. I like, you know, the, the, the voice aspect, you know, the capturing of the, uh, of the digital skeleton and, and digitizing that with your avatar. I thought that that was very advanced. It had a very big minority report vibe to it. You know, like you <laughs> yeah. said, sticking your hand out and voice activating certain commands. I was very oh, yeah. impressed. I thought I thought to myself, this 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 unit is definitely the future. Yep, yeah, I I can't wait for the days when minority report becomes a reality. <laughs> That, that, that when they just start plugging the game into your head, 
Yeah, and then they start reading your mind with it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, hey, you never know. That might happen. Well, there's actually um, uh, a company that that's working on a technology like that called Jedi Mind. Oh, yeah, are, and you, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know those those guys are those guys are onto something, man. <laughs> they are definitely onto something. Yeah, I mean everybody is trying to get into people's minds. There's uh, there's also another company trying to get, get people in people's dreams. So, oh, too much Inception for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, well, you know, I, I appreciated you coming on. You know, the big plug, of course, Raptor. Check out their service. Um, definitely, Alan, you know, uh, keep in touch. I want to try and help you guys promote it. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll put a banner on the site or, you know, whatever whatever you guys want to work with. I'm definitely open with helping you guys grow this because there's tons of potential here. So, you know, definitely yeah. if you got something that the, that the marketing department can toss my way, I'll put it on the site or, you know, we'll, we'll work something out, give you guys a plug every week, um, definitely. All right, great. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks. I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you taking the time to call me. I know that, uh, you know, it, it, it's probably at least 11 o'clock over there. So, um, uh, it was my pleasure. Yeah, you know, definitely don't be a stranger. We could, would love to have you on again. You know, we could talk some more games and stuff for sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, rambling, rambling arguments about, about mature-rated games or something like that. Oh yeah, that, that that that's that's the I knew I knew you were gonna you were you were a cool dude as soon as you heard that and you're like yep that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> I am a gamer. I, I appreciate it, man. Thank, thanks again for taking the time to call in and like I said, you know, let's uh let's definitely try to do something. I want to help you guys grow because I really enjoy the product. Yeah, I look forward to it. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Okay. Th- thanks again for coming thanks on. Take me. care of yourself. You too. Bye. All right, buddy. Later. That was Alan from Raptor.com. That's R-A-P-T-R. You can check that out. Um, definitely, if you are a multi-console gamer and you want to have a nice way of keeping contact with everybody without having to turn both consoles on, definitely check it out. You can download either the Raptor client um, from Raptor.com or you can go to the website as well and import it through there. You can update what games you're playing. Like I said, it tracks your stats. If you do decide to sign up for it and you haven't, Definitely look me up on there. It's uh, raptor.com slash akuma25, A-K-U-M-A, the number 25. And like I said, you can check out my profile on there, and it shows the play times for all the games I've played. Um, don't get me wrong. I, it, the play times are good. Like I said, they're great for Darksiders. I, got, I played through, you know, 28 hours. It's the game that holds the most play time. Bayonetta I completed, and I completed the game in 14 hours. Same thing with Transformers War for Cybertron um, in 14 hours. And Gears of War 2 I completed in 12, and Shadow Complex I completed in 9. No, I didn't go run around getting every fucking achievement and every fucking thing. I played the game through, and I beat them, and that was it. But like I said, a great service, keeps track of all your stuff, nice little way to integrate everything with your Facebook and your Twitter. So definitely check Raptor out. Like I said, it's R-A-P-T-R dot com slash Akuma25 is my Raptor page. And if you want to download the client or sign up for the service, it's R-A-P-T-R dot com. Let's go through the rest of these gaming news real quick. I just looked at the time and I realized that uh, we got 49 minutes left. Um couple of things. Uh, the Connect 
Here's something crazy I found out today. Reports are coming through, um, according to UBM, that the Connect co the Connect accessory costs fifty six dollars to manufacture. So how's that? How's that, how's that strike you? You're paying one hundred and forty nine dollars for it, and it costs fifty six dollars to make. In addition to that, at fifty six dollars that it costs to make, Microsoft has recently announced that they have sold over a million Connect units. Since, since launch 10 days ago. The company said that it's going above and beyond and it's expecting at least 5 million sales by the end of the year. So yeah, 5 million Connect sensors worldwide by the end of the year definitely can happen. So at $56 to manufacture, you're going to be seeing a lot of crazy shit and you're going to see the Connect. I really hope to see um, not more quote-unquote hardcore games, but just... Um, game, more games that test the system, like Dance Central is good for that, Connect the Moles as well. Um, definitely games like that, that that maximize the accessory to its fullest, and you can test all that stuff out. Um, I really would like to pick one up. The space I have currently in my in my in my current home doesn't allow it, just for a variety of reasons. But I do want to pick up the Connect more than the Move. Um, the move is definitely a bigger investment because you have to buy more controllers and stuff if you have people over. But with the Connect, you just buy the unit, you plug it in, and you're good to go. So definitely I'm not picking sides. I just tend to like the Connect more in terms of just being revolutionary. That's one thing I do kind of like. Um, moving on, Gran Turismo 5, nice release date change again. Uh, Gran Turismo, you can be picking it up on November 24th, according to Sony Computer Entertainment of America. Of course, that's considering if it doesn't get delayed again. So keep an eye out for that if you want to play Gran Turismo 5. That date will be November 24th. For those of you that have iPhones and Android phones and play the game Angry Birds, I'm one of them. Angry Birds will be coming to consoles very soon. According to Peter Vesterbaca, the CEO of Rovio, um, the iPhone game will be coming to Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, the Wii, the PSP, and the DS. But in addition to that, he did say, um, Vesterbaka stated that there won't be a sequel to Angry Birds 2, but they're going to be doing a game told from the perspective of the pigs. Of course, the green pigs are the villains in the Angry Birds uh, video games. Um, I can tell you this much. Angry Birds on systems like the 360, the PS3, and the Wii, I can definitely see a lot of motion control being used because basically in Angry Birds you take a bird um, and you launch him with a slingshot into all these little uh, buildings where green pigs are hiding. Now, usually on the Wii, on the, um, excuse me, not on the Wii, on the iPhone and on the Android, you would pull your finger back on the slingshot to fire the bird. I can see something like that being done with a Wii mode or a move controller, or I can actually see somebody reaching out with their hand on the connect and pulling the slingshot back. Definitely something I look forward to seeing. Angry Birds is a fun game. It's simplistic. It takes me back to the days of just old NES games that were just fun and enjoyable. Don't get me wrong, not, the, not that the graphics and all that stuff aren't fantastic, but sometimes you just need to be engaged on a different level, and the simplicity of Angry Birds is definitely a plus, and I can see it selling a lot of units on consoles when it comes out. For those of you that are listening that are still playing Fable 3, you'll be able to pick up a new bit of downloadable content on November 23rd called the Understone Quest Pack. That pack is going to run you 400 Microsoft points. You're going to be going under Bowerstone City to a city built by Montague Humes. 
while there you're going to be able to find out who's controlling the town and you're also going to be able to pick up new buildings to purchase. In addition to that, with the pack you're going to get Saker's Bandit Camp and that's going to be transformed into a tourist distraction with a shooting gallery that will let players take on Reaver's Wheel of Misfortune with the new prizes that you can win. In addition to that, you're going to get an exclusive hair pack. With that, you're going to get an afro, cornrows, and asymmetrical bob hairstyles. In addition to that, um, you'll be able to get five stars on your dog with all its abilities, and that pack is going to set you back 160 points. That's the exclusive hair pack. Console fans that are fans of Diablo and other Blizzard games, uh, Blizzard is actually working on possibly expanding some of these games to consoles. They didn't confirm with Diablo 3, but Blizzard did post regarding some statements for some recent new hires for their console games division. Uh, the statement read as follows, we're exploring a Diablo-related concept for consoles and are currently looking to fill a, senior cons a few senior console-related positions on the Diablo 3 team. As we've said in the past, with proper care, the gameplay could suit the console platform, and we're interested in seeing the talent out there that might be interested in such a project. If you're passionate about all things Diablo and have a requisite skill and experience, then head over to our job site and check out the positions to apply. Diablo 3, of course, will be available for Windows and Mac PCs. And, of course, with Blizzard entertaining things like that, you may be seeing some of those other Blizzard classics on consoles real soon. This week was a huge week for Marvel vs. Capcom 3 with a lot of great news items that came out. Um, the unveiling of Zero from Mega Man X and the uh, um, unveiling of She-Hulk were some of the big news. In addition to that, a release date was announced. That release date is going to be February 15th, 2011. In addition to that, they announced a special edition package of the game, which you'll be able to pick up for $69.99. You're going to get two downloadable fighters, uh, Jill Valentine and Shuma Gorath. In addition to that, you're going to be getting a steelbook case with exclusive artwork. You're going to get in a comic slash art book. It's going to be a 12-page prologue comic written by Marvel writer Frank Terry. In addition, you're going to get campaign art, and you're going to get some fan art as well. You're also going to get a one-month subscription to Marvel Digital Comics, providing unlimited access to all the Marvel Comics content. So that's going to run you $69.99, and you'll be able to pick that up February 15th. For those of you that picked up Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2, you may have noticed, well, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, sorry, you may have noticed the trailer for the upcoming Need for Speed Shift 2, which will be using the new auto log feature that was unveiled with Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Definitely something that will be coming out and becoming a, a, a standard with upcoming Need for Speed games, the auto log system. So if you're a fan of the Need for Speed franchise, Need for Speed Shift 2, will be coming out, and it's being developed by Slightly Mad Studios. Let's talk some MPD numbers real quick. A couple of, of nice things came out from the MPD report this week. Um, overall, software sales jumped 6% from last year. It went up $605 million is the totals right now. In terms of consoles, the only news I can give you is that Major Nelson said that Xbox 360 sold 325,000 consoles. Um, it still remains the top-selling console for the month. Uh, Major Nelson did add that the 360 is the best-selling console in 2010, with 3.5 million units being sold so far. Nonetheless, here's some of the MPD numbers. NBA 2K11 was number one. 
Fallout New Vegas was number two in sales. Medal of Honor was number three. Fable 3 for the 360 was number four. The Forced Unleashed was number five. Halo Reach was six. Just Dance 2 for the Wii is seven. FIFA Soccer 11 is eight. Madden 11 is number nine. And WWE SmackDown vs. Raw is number ten. Now, of course, I have no totals for you because they didn't give them out. Here's something that I didn't expect to see. Not only can you watch Netflix and Hulu Plus now on your PlayStation 3, but you're also going to be able to watch Vudu as well, V-U-D-U. That is the uh, video streaming service. It's going to be joining Netflix and Hulu and, of course, the Sony Video Marketplace. Vudu is going to allow gamers to stream movies without a subscription fee. You will only be streaming movies by paying a rental fee. Rentals start at $2, but you can get recent HD movies between $4 to $6 a piece. However, if you do sign up for a Voodoo account, you will get a $6 credit to start, which is the equivalent of getting a free rental. Voodoo will be available in the U.S. only. I got wind of the Spike TV Video Game Awards Show um, nominations. The Spike TV Video Game Awards Show will be happening December 11th. I have some issues with some of the nominations. Given the time constraints I'm under, I'm just going to go through the categories, and you guys can share your thoughts. I will be posting uh, the nominations in the forums, and you guys can discuss that at length in there as well. Uh, For Game of the Year nominations, the nominees are Call of Duty Black Ops, God of War 3, Halo Reach, Mass Effect 2, and Red Dead Redemption. For Studio of the Year, the nominees are BioWare, Blizzard, Bungie, and Rockstar San Diego. Nominations for the Best 360 Game, the nominees are Alan Wake, Fable 3, Halo Reach, and Mass Effect 2. For PS3, the nominees are God of War 3, Heavy Rain, Mod Nation Racers, and Red Dead Redemption. If God of War 3 doesn't win Best PS3 Game, something is seriously fucking wrong. For Best Wii Game, Donkey Kong Country Returns, which hasn't even come out yet, Kirby's Epic Yarn, Metroid Other M, and Super Mario Galaxy 2 are your nominees. For Best PC Game, Fallout New Vegas, Mass Effect 2, Sid Meier's Civilization 5, and StarCraft 2 are your nominees. For Best Handheld Game, God of War Ghost of Sparta, Metal Gear Solid, Professor Layton, and Super Scribblenauts. For Best Shooter, this is going to be a tough one. you got Battlefield Bad Company, Bioshock, Call of Duty Black Ops, and Halo Reach. For Best Action Adventure Game, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which just fucking came out. I can't believe it's being nominated. God of War 3, Red Dead Redemption, and Mario Galaxy. Best RPG, same thing. Definitely going to be a toss-up. you got Fable 3, Fallout, Final Fantasy 13, and Mass Effect 2. Last bit of nominees. There's, I'm not going to name them all. I'll go through some. For Best Multiplayer, Battlefield 2, Call of Duty Black Ops, Halo Reach, and StarCraft 2 for Best Multiplayer. For Best Individual Sports Game, if UFC Undisputed 2010 doesn't win, I'm going to be seriously pissed. Amongst those nominees are EA Sports MMA, Sean White, and Tiger Woods, and UFC Undisputed. One thing I did, I, I did really get annoyed by in terms of best music game. The nominees were Dance Central, DJ Hero 2, Def Jam, Rap Star, and Rock Band 3. Once again, Dance Central just came out to nominate that as best music game so quickly. I don't know. 
Best Graphics, God of War 3, Heavy Rain, Kirby's Epic Yarn, and Red Dead Redemption. I honestly think God of War 3, Heavy Rain, and Red Dead Redemption were the, were the solid candidates. I don't know how people can nominate Kirby's Epic Yarn, but it is in there. Last one that I want to talk about, Best Adapted Video Game. Harry Potter, Years 1 through 4, the Lego version, of course. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2, and Transformers War for Cybertron were the nominations for Best Adapted Video Game. Wolf asked about NHL 10. I actually didn't read Best Sports Game, but I will read this. FIFA Soccer 11, Madden, NBA 2K11, and MLB 10. So, yeah, Wolf, no NHL 10. Sorry, bro. Last bit of video game news I want to talk about. For those of you that are Street Fighter players, um, they're actually running a contest for Capcom Unity members where they can be chosen to play against Daigo uh, Umehara. Of course, they're going to do a raffle and Daigo will be playing against players on PlayStation or Xbox Live this coming Friday. Capcom will be handpicking those community members to fight him, and then they're going to also hold a raffle for three members of each system to get a chance to fight him as well. If you're interested in doing that, definitely hit up Capcom Unity. If you're not a member, if you are, maybe you'll get selected. Uh, Daigo will be fighting on Xbox Live from 1030 to 10.30 in the morning till 12 noon, and then on the PSN from 1.30 to 3 on Friday. So definitely keep an eye on Capcom Unity for more information to fight him. Daigo will be participating in the North Carolina Regionals this coming weekend um, in Milpitas, California. So definitely, if you are a hardcore street fighter and you want to challenge the beast, as he's so aptly named, then head over to Capcom Unity and check that out. Like I was just saying earlier in my discussion with Alan, Call of Duty Black Ops, total sales thus far $650 million, which exceeds the previous record set by Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Obviously, they're going to continue to uh, milk the Black Ops franchise. It's probably a no-brainer that there will be another Black Ops game a lot sooner rather than later. Wow, we got 30 minutes left. There's a... I can probably run through the movie news real quick. Uh, Gossip Cop recently reported, and this fucking Brit makes me very hot, happy. Gossip, Gossip Cop, excuse me, uh, recently spoke to the directors of the upcoming Akira movie, Alan Albert Hughes, regarding the rumor of Zac Efron playing uh, the lead role in Akira, either as Kaneda or as Tetsuo. Turns out that the director shot down the rumor saying that that was not true. So for those of you that were enraged last week, take solace in the fact that Zac Efron will not be playing any of the characters in Akira. The guys over at Showbiz 411 uh, report that writer-director David O. Russell is pushing for Mark Wahlberg to star in the upcoming video game-to-movie adaptation of Uncharted. Recently, both that direct, uh, Mark Wahlberg and, o. and David O. Russell worked together on The Fighter. Rumored to be in that movie along with um, Mark Wahlberg are Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci in Uncharted the movie. Um, both of them are going to be working on the movie, and De Niro's rumored to play veteran treasure hunter Victor Sullivan. So keep an eye out for that rumored casting for the upcoming um, Uncharted film. Mark Wahlberg and De Niro and Pesci. Take it for what it's worth. Uh, Darren... Um, Aronofsky announced 
the title for the upcoming Wolverine movie, which is going to be aptly named The Wolverine. Um, Aronofsky said that the film will not be a conventional sequel to X-Men Origins and will instead be a one-off project. The film will be focusing on Wolverine's time in Japan and his romance as well as his adventures in Japan. In terms of box office numbers, Megamind was number one once again this week, $30.1 million, followed by Unstoppable at number two, Due Date at number three, Skyline at number four, Morning Glory took fifth spot, For Colored Girls took six, Red took seven, Paranormal Activity two took eight, and guess what? Paranormal Activity Activity, Three is already scheduled for October 21st, 2011. So, another paranormal activity in the works. Squeeze that nugget of a franchise, Hollywood. Keep at it. Saw 3D is number 9, and Jackass 3D is number 10. During last week's episode, I mentioned they were going to the possibility of The Incredible Hulk returning to TV. Uh, looks like it's becoming a reality. The TV series will be produced by ABC Studios and Marvel TV. Uh, they're going to go with a younger Bruce Banner in his 20s, and they're going to utilize a mix of CGI along with practical effects. Uh, Benicio, uh, Benicio, Guillermo del Toro and David Icke are in negotiations to take over that, and you should be seeing that on your small screen in fall 2011. Moving right along in some Spider-Man 3 casting news, Dennis Leary is joining the cast. He will be playing police captain George Stacy, father of Peter Parker's love interest, Gwen Stacy, which is being played by Emma Stone. Of course, Captain Stacy, you've seen him before in Spider-Man 3, and he was played by James Cromwell. So with that said, Dennis Leary joining the cast. I don't know really how I feel about that. There's a part that uh, I, I kind of don't like the concept, but... There's another part of me that, that's intrigued at some of these actors that are being involved. You know, Martin Sheen, um, Sally Field. It should be interesting. Spider-Man, uh, the, the reboot, comes to theaters July 3rd, 2012. Last bit of movie news to wrap things up. Two things, actually. With two more Harry Potter movies coming out this year, the Harry Potter franchise is almost certain to surpass Star Wars as the highest-grossing film franchise of all time. A lot of people are saying that this is actually likely to happen with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1, which will be coming out uh, this week. Deathly Hallows Part 1 is expected to have the biggest opening in franchise history in theaters. Tomorrow it's actually rumored to be scoring between $115 and $125 million in its first weekend. Star Wars, the franchise, has made $1.9 billion domestically spread across six movies. Deathly Hallows... Right now, Harry Potter in the, with Deathly Hallows not even released yet, Harry Potter sits on a total of $1.7 billion for the franchise. Each Potter film has averaged $285 million. So definitely, Harry Potter is well on its way to become the highest-grossing film franchise of all time. Definitely something that um, I would love to get your opinions on. I'm actually going to put that in the... Um, in the forum, and even in the fan page. I really would like to see what you guys think about the Harry Potter franchise becoming the number one film franchise of all time. Last but not least, a little bit of Batman casting news. Uh, Tom Hardy, who is rumored to be in this, uh, who is going to be in this upcoming Batman movie, is rumored to be playing the character of Dr. Hugo Strange in The Dark Knight Rises. For those of you not familiar with his character, Hugo Strange is a uh, police psychiatrist 
who will be chasing Batman in the movie. Um, this is based on the graphic novel Prey. In that book, Doctor Strange hypnotized a police officer in order to become a vigilante to lure Batman out of hiding. Take it for what it's worth. I honestly think that um, Tom Hardy playing Hugo Strange, I really am shocked that they would go with such an obscure character with the character of Hugo Strange. But then again, one of the things that the Nolan has done is take those characters and, you know, like Ross al Ghul and flesh them out and add a little bit of depth to them and make them really, really great on the silver screen. So I'm going to reserve judgment until I get a little bit more information. That's actually going to wrap up the show for this week. I definitely apologize for rushing through it, but we had two guests on, had to go through and uh, make sure that I gave you guys some quality stuff. Um, once again, any of the stuff that that needs to be discussed, I'm going to put a couple of posts in the forum. You can check that out by heading over to mytakeradio.com forums, and you can stop by our Facebook fan page as well. It's facebook.com slash mytakeradio, and you can interact with fans on both the forum and the fan page. In addition to that, um, our guest this evening, um, of course, Josh from MMA Valor. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at MMA Valor. Or you can check out his site, MMAValor.com, for some great MMA news. And also keep an eye out for their content on MyTakeRadio.com. Um, our other guest, of course, Alan from Raptor. Um, Raptor is a messaging client that allows your Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and PC contacts to rest in one convenient place, allowing you to message um, multiple people on multiple consoles. Definitely a great uh, piece of software. I use it quite actively, and I recommend you guys check it out. It's raptor.com, R-A-P-T-R.com. Um, if you do join Raptor, just send me a friend request. It's raptor.com slash akuma25, A-K-U-M-A, the number 25. And that's going to wrap it up. Just want to get some plugs out. Uh, Razorclothing.tv, superherostuff.com, uh, gamerwave.com, Brandon Barron, uh, MMA Valor, of course, mmagospel.com. Check out their show uh, Wednesdays at 8.30 on the Block Talk Radio Network for the MMA fans. Uh, the ladies at girlgamer.com, always for supporting the show. Gamingangels.com as well. Um, MMAvalor.com, no question. Um, Got to give a shout-out to the Darksiders crew, Hayden Dalton. And you can check out any Darksiders news at Darksiders.com. Of course, the VGN radio crew, always supportive of My Take Radio and everything we do. Um, appreciate that. VGNradio.com, you can check all the VGN shows there. Uh, Don Show from VGN is tumbling with Tumbleweed. He's on live Tuesdays at 10 p.m. on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Uh, definitely, I recommend you guys check out both shows. Um, if you like what My Take Radio offers, I think you'll like what VGN offers. And I know that Donnie does a kick-ass job with his show, so definitely check out Tumbling with Tumbleweed as well. Got to give a shout-out to Blaine from BornStubberRadio.com for his great work behind the scenes with My Take Radio and also his his great work on Born Stubborn Radio. Check out their shows and their schedule on bornstubbornradio.com. And any of the shows I've shouted out, you can also look for on iTunes, um, VGN, um, Tumbling with Tumbleweed, Born Stubborn, all those guys are on iTunes. Of course, 411 Mania for all their great news, OC Remix for the music, which I actually will be recording probably some new themes very soon. Um, if you are actually a... 
uh, musician or somebody that does any sort of video game music or just have any cool music, definitely hit me up, mtrhost at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. Um, definitely would like to play a more diverse selection of music. I like the gaming stuff just because it fits with the scope of the show, but if you've got some kick-ass music, uh, gaming-related or not, definitely let's talk. Drop me a line, mtrhost at gmail.com. With that, you've just heard My Take Radio episode 66 for Thursday, November 18th, 2010. If you have any questions, concerns, or would like to be a guest, you can email me directly at mtrhost at gmail.com, or you can also use mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. If you're on Twitter and you want to follow the show account, uh, you can follow My Take Radio on Twitter. If you want to follow my personal account, it's twitter.com slash akuma25. Um, if you're using MySpace, which, of course, recently underwent a redesign, which a lot of people hate, we have a presence on there as well. It's myspace.com slash mytakeradio. Send a friend request. Let us know you're a fan. We will gladly add you. And, of course, Facebook. Facebook.com slash mytakeradio. Help us reach 500. You like the show, you like what you hear, head over there, hit that like button and become a fan. If you're on iTunes, you can check out the My Take Radio app. It's $1.99. You can carry all the shows in your pocket, plus get access to exclusive content going forward. There will be special episodes and special things that will be available on the app. Uh, one of the first things I'd like to put is my appearance on the This Week in Wrestling podcast. Definitely want to thank them for their great content and Verk for uh, being such a great host and welcoming me on his show this week. And, of course, MMA Valor, uh, one of many content partners. You're going to be seeing a lot more great content in the coming weeks. There's a couple of guests and a couple of great things I'm working on. And, of course, the Splatterhouse Contest, which is going on until December 9th. Uh, free Splatterhouse T-shirt to the top five entries. Uh, just send in an entry utilizing the Splatterhouse logo or characters and My Take Radio in a creative and innovative way. It can be Photoshop. It could be drawn. It could be you fucking pasting the logo on your face, uh, having a computer screen with My Take Radio playing in the background and a picture of you playing Splatterhouse on Turbo Graphics. I don't care. Um, any great and creative utiliza utilizations of the logos. Uh, for more details and rules, head over to MyTakeRadio.com and check that out as well. Again, happy birthday to Dark Helmet. Thanks for supporting the show. And with that, that's going to close it out for this week. Thank you guys for listening and for all your support, and I will catch you guys on the flip side. Peace. Taking us out this week will be the Super Mario Brothers 3 Pipes remake, remix excuse me, by 7th Epic, and you can get that at OC Remix. Org. Super Mario Brothers 3 Pipes Remix. The artist is 7th Epic, and the website is ocremix.org. I'm out. See you guys later.